from Project Camelot. How is everyone tonight? Hopefully I am on the air and you can all hear me. We have a really interesting guest tonight. So um, I think, I hope a lot of people are listening out there. Um, and we've got all sorts of stuff going on. Um, hold on one second. I've got a call coming in here, but I'm not sure what's going on there. Um, at any rate, uh, let me see if I'm on the air with uh, John Hall. And John, are you there? Yeah, Carrie. Sorry, sorry, you didn't give me the first time. No problem. Uh, I'm, I'm really glad we were able to connect with you so quickly, and um, that's really wonderful. Uh, what I'll do is give you a short introduction here, just based on what I see is is kind of like a bio. And I want to encourage everyone who is listening to go to. Sat, it's uh, satweapons.com, S-A-T-W-E-A-P as in Paul, O-N-S.com. That is John Hall's website, and um, he is an expert, I would, I believe you would say you are an expert on satellite surveillance of individuals, and um, I've just got a real short bio here. Um, it is Dr. John Hall. He's a medical doctor in San Antonio, Texas. He's the author of a new book called A New Breed, Satellite Terrorism in America. He's a board-certified diplomat of the American Board of Anesthesiology and a member of the American Academy of Pain Medicine. He's also an active member of the Mind Science Foundation dedicated to the study of human consciousness. He sits on the medical committee of the human rights organization, Freedom from Covert Harassment and Surveillance. So um, that's that's kind of a succinct little bio there. John, maybe you can go into some detail as to how you got involved in the subject to start out with. Well, uh, as you said, I'm a, I'm a medical doctor here in San Antonio and uh, um, was dating a girl who um, began, uh, or engaged to her actually, who began hearing voices in her surroundings and in her head, responding to those voices without loud conversation. Uh, uh, claimed she was being attacked by, you know, things or weapons that she couldn't see. Um, then her place started getting broken into. She started the, uh, being drugged with Rohit and all of the date rape drugs and being raped. Um, this is all along with stalking, or now what we term gang stalking. Uh, I actually prefer the term organized stalking because with some people you say gang stalking, they, they picture the crips and the bloods and that type of thing. 
but just a, an organized form of stalking where you have uh, various people that are always around your door, looking in your windows, or following you to work, or following you everywhere you go. It's an, an inundation. She began having that, and then I began having it. Um, uh, began getting followed to and from our, my home to hers. Started writing the plate numbers down, and they all traced back to a PI group, private investigative group, that was owned is owned by a former FBI uh, agent and, uh, and a son who's a retired lieutenant colonel in the DOD, and uh, hired nothing but his relatives to do the stalking and uh, the surveillance work, and started looking more into it. Uh, talking to friends of mine that I have that are currently with the CIA and with the FBI to uh, find out exactly how it's being done. I knew a little bit about it already, that they could bombard you with uh, voice-to-skull-type technology. Um, the other one is Elfwave Broadcasting, where you hear voices in your surroundings, not necessarily in your head, which is what she was getting, was actually getting both. Um, Finally caught them breaking into her place with a uh, putting voice-activated recorders in her condominium. Caught her in a drug state, screaming their names to get out while they were looking for the recorder and took it all to the police. And uh, without having a recall to actually prove the rape, uh, they really couldn't do much with the stalking and told me that it's, it's not what you know but what you can prove. So the next step was to write a book and start exposing it. And in writing that, found out that it's going on with uh, thousands of people nationwide and, and even more worldwide. Wow, that is a, a really incredible story. Um, the fact that you were involved in it directly is, um, you know, and someone close to you was, was also uh, impacted, obviously, in a very serious way. Um, is is really extraordinary. And then that you had the wherewithal not only to pursue the matter, um, but but then you wrote a book about it. What was your background before this? Um, I did a little bit of work uh, with the government that I really can't talk about, um, but uh, was exposed to this type of technology in Nicaragua, uh, along with a couple of other friends. Uh, at that time, it wasn't being done with satellite, I don't think, but uh, uh, was being done with AWACS planes. And um, that's where the initial experience was, and then really never didn't think about it again. And actually, I have a, uh, another doctor. He's not a medical doctor. He's, a, believe it or not, a doctor of divinity or theology that uh, I do a radio show with who was also down there. And uh, our paths crossed once again in San Antonio, and I told him what was going on. And he said, well, you know, that sounds like satellite surveillance. And I said, yeah. Uh, is, has anybody commercialized this? And um, I got a hold of a friend of mine who's currently with the CIA and said, has anybody commercialized this type of technology where somebody can hire it done from a commercial service, even if you're hiring it from abroad, from from England or uh, or China or India or somewhere? And they, uh, he said, nope, it's a, it's a weapon of war for use abroad only um, under strict supervision by, you know, executive orders on intelligence gathering. But, you know, then why do we have thousands of people in this country that are all voicing the same complaints? Um, it almost looks like it's, it's probably uh, agency sterile experimentation, uh, not unlike MKUltra. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with MKUltra, the early mind control experiments by the CIA. Um, Absolutely. They used, oh, yeah. They used uh, social outliers. I mean, usually the victims were, were everyday people. Some people with drug problems, guys that were using prostitutes, 
what we term social outliers, people that were already slightly discredited in their lifestyle. So when they did voice these complaints that they had people experimenting on them, they were blown off. You know, they were discredited. And the biggest question I get with this is people say, well, if, if they can get into your head and make you hear voices and, and, and see you inside your home with X-ray imaging and, and forward-looking infrared imaging, then they would be doing it to heads of state and congressmen and CEOs and, you know, and in some instances they probably are. But if you're, if it's an experimental protocol, that's exactly the people you don't do it to. You know, you do it to the everyday person, the housewife, the guy that's making 40 grand a year, you know, the guy that maybe is using a little bit of marijuana. So that way when he voices these complaints, um, you know, they say, well, it's, it, you know, it's the drug, it's the stress, it's, it's a psychiatric illness. And, um, and you're, you're an everyday person. You're not in any, any political position or a power position to really do anything about it or, or get the attention you need. So that's why I decided, you know, need some exposure. There's plenty of people blogging about it on the computer, on the internet, but, uh, yeah. nobody had really put anything out where, where, where a non-party person or a person who's never heard about this can pick it up off the shelf at a Barnes and Nobles or Amazon and learn about it because it's, your knowledge is power, and if you know about it, you know its capability. When you first start being affected by it, you're not going to go run to somebody and say, "Oh my God, I'm hearing voices," and end up with a diagnosis that's going to discredit you uh, for the rest of your life. So, okay, you know, because this is very tantalizing that you actually were involved in something. Uh, doing something for the government where you came across a certain type of surveillance that wasn't exactly um, satellite-based, as you said, but but that it, it was related in some form or fashion to what you came across later. Is that right? Yeah, well, it was used for communication at that time, radio-free communication. So when um, people went out into the field, they could be given directions, um, uh, to my knowledge or for, to my memory, it wasn't two way at that time. It was, it was one way communication to give you directions, um, you know, in a, in a field setting, uh, without a radio. You heard it in your head. So, uh, it's been worked on for quite some time. Um, in 1996, uh, through Freedom of Information, there's a 1996 article from the Army called the Addendum to the Bioeffects of Non-Lethal Weapons, where they, they bring it up pretty succinctly. Uh, as microwave hearing, and uh, in that uh, research study, they even say that the, imagine the incapacitating results when a co enemy combatant begins to hear voices in their head that aren't their own. And they go on to mention the uh, the value of this technology in a hostage crisis, where you know, the hostages can be communicated with without the hostage hearing, um, or the hostage taker being communicated with without the hostages hearing. As a matter of fact, I remember here in Texas, several years back, we had the Waco, the Branch Davidian thing. Right. Uh, in Newsweek, they had uh, ran an article where the FBI had uh, contract, uh, contracted the work of uh, Igor Smirnov from Russia, who worked in this technology, uh, and were actually going to try using the voice of God in um, David Koresh's head to try to make him give up. Uh, I don't know if they ever actually did it from the Newsweek article. They said that they humored the idea. They brought him over. They thought about doing it and decided not to for some reason uh, or decided not to tell us they did anyway. Right. You know, which, which is, is much more likely. More, yeah, which is more uh, Okay, well, well, this is um, this is actually, I mean, amazingly interesting. Uh, I have to say 
that we're also talking about um, literally you're you're talking about using voice technology that goes directly to the mind of the person, right? Yeah, it's actually it's called microwave hearing. Uh, it was based on the early studies by Dr. Alan Frey. They called it the Frey effect, F-R-E-Y, or Fry, depending on what part of the country you're from. Um, he noticed that certain individuals around radar installations could tell when the radar came off and on. They would hear it in their head, uh, a popping and crackling kind of sound. So he started doing research on that and found out that it's um, radio frequency in the microwave bandwidth that can actually heat up um, the um, thermoelastic tissue in the middle ear and cause a sound wave that propagates. And uh, eventually you start hearing the sound. And uh, what the Army and what all the intelligence communities have done is capitalize on that to be able to carry spoken word and communications on that same microwave carrier wave. Okay, and, and what year was that, to your knowledge? Um, they started, well, they already had it pretty well perfected in 96 when they wrote the report. So it would have been okay. probably 85, 86, 87, um, that, about those years. Incredible. Um, and I also heard rumors that that's exactly the technology they used to get Saddam Hussein's armies to surrender. Very similar technology. That was called silent sound spectrum or silent spread sound spectrum. Uh, and you're right. I mean, those men uh, took apart their weapons and, and surrendered with their weapons taken apart. Uh, yeah, because so, that, that that would basically, you know, I mean, you know, to, to be <laughs> point blank, scare the shit out of someone, you know, who's on a, on a battlefield and starts hearing uh, voices, uh, especially if those voices are sort of sounding like they're, you know, the word of God or any other kind of um, quasi-religious uh, type of thing. Uh, well, this also lends itself to another sort of side of things, at least from my point of view, which is channeling. Um, and this is where the government could easily be influencing certain people um, out in the field who think they're channeling one group of entities and may indeed end up basically channeling messages from the government when all said and done. They could even start out legitimate and then get taken over on a certain level. It, wouldn't that be possible? Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, I, I got off the phone just uh, an hour ago with a woman in Connecticut who, uh, who heard me on another radio show and has had some weird things going on in her home, and she uh, wanted to talk to me just see if possibly she was being affected by this technology. Very spiritual woman, um, thought that possibly she had been contacted by entities. Her cats were being attacked, were, you know, wincing in pain like they were being attacked by something. Uh, she was having uh, burning spots on her legs and on her arms and was, I mean, hearing voices, but not to a large extent, and uh, was afraid that she possibly had a, a demonic entity in her home. And after talking to her a little further, she had had break-ins, uh, things messed with in her house, but nothing stolen. And she had had people following her around as well, stalking her. And I said, you know what, I'm, I'm a spiritual person too, but, you know, when I've got a way, is this an entity or is this is someone harassing you? I, you know, the, the, the better bet is on the harassment. So um, Very interesting. And and I have to say, I mean, to get back to your specific story with uh, with this woman that you were engaged to, um, why do you think they targeted her in particular? 
Any idea? Uh, it was strictly sexual assault based. She was a mortgage broker. Uh, she happened to work in an office um, uh, uh, for Wells Fargo doing tele 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 uh, mortgaging. You know, and one of the PIs um, actually worked there as well. And um, one of the employee, one of the PIs, and another physician in San Antonio had become attracted to her. And what better way to sexually assault someone than basically control them into drinking or eating wherever you put the Rohypnol? Because that's the other scary thing is technology. If you're bombarded with it and they're using a voice other than your own and they're putting voices in your head, well, that's, that's audible harassment. You know you're, what you're hearing. If they put it in your mind in your tone of voice, like the little voice you hear in your head as you read, then a lot of people, a great subset of people, will, will respond to that as their own thought. Well, then that becomes mind control. And that's what we're seeing in a lot of these victims, the, the, my ex-fiance included, is that uh, you can be controlled. Uh, can, your behavior can be controlled. You can be brought to rage, brought to, to sadness, um, made to think you're thirsty, made to think you're hungry, made to drink alcohol when ordinarily you don't drink, um, all based on basic controlling your thoughts. Almost, I hesitate to call it subliminal messaging because it's really more of an alteration of EEG than you acting on a suggestion. Um, it, it's actually placing a thought in your head. Uh, well, and, and this is where we get into, um, you know, uh, I, I guess, uh, Manchurian candidate type people who are, are going out and, and murdering people, even the schoolyard slangs. Uh, you know, obviously I think there is some, antidepressants or whatever type of drugs that are also influencing those individuals apparently but um this side of it if you couple that with an antidepressant uh or getting off an antidepressant then you've really got a, a state of affairs where you yeah, can and, really manipulate the person and you hit the nail on the head with the manchurian candidate that's really where all the studies began uh, with mk ultra um creating manchurian candidates well at that time what actually wound up getting the CIA kind of busted, I guess, you know, and, and forced into a congressional hearing, was at that time they were using drugs, electroshock therapy, LSD, uh, and deprivation to, to do this. Um, they, so they had to round people up into a hospital setting to do these things to them. And they got away with it for a long time until people finally, there were enough numbers and enough people voicing the complaints that they had a congressional hearing. Well, now they're doing it with directed energy you know, uh, very just uh, radio frequencies, microwave, and they're doing it remotely. You don't have to hoard people into a research setting or a mental hospital to do it anymore. Basically, your home has become the research facility, uh, and you're a guinea pig in your own home. Uh, Michael Persinger at Laurentian University used to do the microwave research for the Navy. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's um, found out that he can bombard the temporal lobes of the brain with microwave energy, and simulate alien abduction uh, and uh, simulate what he calls a sentinel being effect, or you can be alone in an anechoic chamber, a shielded room, while he bombards the right areas of the brain with just the right frequencies of microwave, and you will sense a presence in the room with you, um, or see aliens, or feel like you're being abducted, um, and does that all with, with remote-directed microwave energy.
Yeah, that's uh, really extraordinary. Um, well, you know, I, I don't know how familiar you are with our website. And, you know, I had heard you on Coast to Coast and uh, I had also heard mention of you. Um, I think it, it was actually uh, Dr. Fred Bell. Uh, I saw him at the Conscious Life Expo speaking uh, and he mentioned you in passing. And I thought, wait a minute, I got to check this guy out because, uh, you know, something went off my head, so to speak. And um, and and so I, I have to say that, um, you know, what you're doing is is really pretty extraordinary. And, and the fact that you wrote a book about it and, you know, you're coming forward in this way is um, is kind of unique. Are you feeling, I mean, because I have to say that you're saying that you were basically targeted yourself, uh, maybe as a corollary because you were getting involved in interfering with their um, sort of using your um, ex-fiance as a guinea pig, right? Well, or as a sex slave would be another way. I mean, I mean this, this was repeated rapes with resulting in, you know, cervical lacerations, vaginal tears. Um, I mean, it was, it was very bad. Uh, it, after I identified them and started getting some police reports done uh, and especially started writing the book, um, not only was I targeted with the break-ins and some of the directed energy and things like that, uh, I had the bolts removed to the, the hood latch on my vehicle. My hood flew up on me going down the highway. I had ah, gunshots, okay. gunshots fired through my bedroom. Uh, trust me, the, so you, the, the, the book was written under duress. So they did go after you in, in, oh, a, yeah. in a pretty substantial way. Oh, and, and just about every way. I had uh, anonymous complaints filed with the uh, the medical board, wound up in front of the medical board numerous times. Um, and it, one of the times, and it's, this is all in the book too, but one of the times I went in front of the medical board, I had police reports on the break-ins. I had a recording of them basically breaking in and raping my ex-fiance, had identities of the people doing it and uh, still said, well, we want to send you to a psychiatrist because we just don't think a, a, another physician would do this to another physician. And um, I mean, yeah. it, it, it essentially put me in a position where the only thing that was going to convince them that this was real was me to bring these people in in, in cuffs, uh, already arrested for something. Okay, um, and I mean, so how did, what did you do? Well, you know, luckily I'm of sound mind, so um, I, got through the psychiatric evaluation, got through the psychological testing. Uh, and then once I started contacting the number of victims that are, that are experiencing this in the United States alone, um, decided, no, this, this book has to come out. I mean, this, I'm assuming that, that you got these people to stop doing what they were doing. Did you get them arrested? No, no, the, she didn't. The only thing, and this is the this is the catch twenty two with this technology, is that the minute you mention that it's possibly satellite surveillance based to the police, they blow you off for one. So, for if anybody's listening out there that's being victimized by this, do not tell the police that. Focus on the stalking uh, and the breaking and entering, and you know you might be able to get some interest generated with the police there. And luckily, um, I, I, the police believe my story. I knew I knew the police, the officers I was working with. that 
And stalking laws in virtually every state in this nation are so weak that you really can't bring anybody to prison for stalking. Uh, can't even get them to court for stalking. And Texas, okay. our, our, uh, our attorney general has a huge website dedicated to, oh, we're getting tough on stalking. If you've been followed by the same person twice and you're, you know, fear for your safety, call the police. We're cracking down on stalking. Well, you know, when you call the police and you tell them, you know, the same truck's been following me for a year. Uh, my place is getting broken into and nothing's being stolen. Uh, they come in, they go, well, nothing's stolen. That's not a felony. If they can't write a felony report, which is felony burglary, it gets filed and not investigated. And that's what most of these victims here included are were having happen. You know, somebody comes into your house, takes all your clothes out of the bedroom, puts them on your kitchen counter, puts your blender on your nightstand. Uh, you come home, you know somebody's been in your house. But when you try to convince the police of that, they just go, oh, okay, another crazy person. Okay, man, we'll write you up a report and it'll be filed and nothing will be done. Right, and, absolutely. And that's, and that's what they do with the break-ins. It's strictly it's to put you in a victim mind state that we're going to come into your house and there's nothing you're going to do about it. Okay, so as far as the satellite side of it, um, I'm assuming because, you know, that, as you say, is very hard to prove. So how did you go about proving that or how did you go about documenting that was going on? Um. I have a friend who's still currently with the CIA, and I, I pulled in some assistance from him, and I, that's in the book as well, and uh, told him what was going on and said, you know, I told him, I said, this seems like it's satellite-based because it can, can target you everywhere, at home, at work, in the car, walking, uh, not only with the directed energy weapons, which burn you and, and make muscles twitch and give you headaches, but with the, the voice-to-skull communication. And... Um, there's really very few technologies that can track you everywhere you go other than satellite. And uh, he, I said, is, that's the guy I told you about that I asked him, is this being commercialized? And he said, yes, we now have the ability to see an x-ray image or a thermal image of you inside your home. And yes, there is microwave, laser, ultrasound, and particle beam on it as a, uh, a weapons platform. But to his knowledge, which you know, maybe he couldn't tell me or wouldn't tell me, wasn't being used in the United States um, on anybody. And, uh, which would, right. Which, which, well, yeah. this is an interesting, you know, a really interesting thing because you're also talking about, um, well, politics and, and, and what goes even deeper than that. I, you know, again, because if you, you're not familiar with our website, we have a interview with Dr. Pete Peterson, who also alluded to some of this, this, you know, technology that you're talking about. And uh, we have Jake Simpson as well as Henry Deacon. And these are uh, whistleblowers from black projects that, you know, had spoken about this kind of thing. But um, you're now obviously- I will, now I, will, uh, I will also say that I, I, in the book, I call it terrorism one because it is. Um, I've called it satellite terrorism in America because it, with my resources, I was able to verify that, that it was satellite-based. Now, I know there are other theories out there. Okay. Um, we I guess we're going to be going to commercial right here, and um, we'll be back on the other side of, uh, of the commercials and to get back with you, Dr. John Hall, and I encourage everyone to go to your website, satweapons.com.
And we are back with Dr. John Hall. John, are you there? Sure, Carrie. Okay, very good. Uh, so this is a fascinating discussion we're having, and um, I, I do hope that we've got people out there that are, are listening. I'm hoping we can take some time for questions. Uh, what I'd like to do is at the end of this hour and at the end of the second hour. Um, so we have two short uh, question sessions where we can allow other people to call in. Um, basically, we've got uh, an amazing amount of information on our website that does relate to what you're talking about. And, um, and I do understand that the satellite sort of side of things is, um, is you have verification and, um, and, and like I said, we have whistleblowers that have verified that this is going on. What seems re really amazing is that they are bothering to deal with individuals that really don't seem to have any actual bearing on, um, you know, national security or, um, you know, investigations of any kind quasi-terrorism, even power, um, you know, access to power, whatever it is. In other words, why they would point a satellite at someone for such a sort of a superficial thing. Well, in my mind, I think it, uh, that smacks more of experimentation uh, than anything else. I know uh, most governments are trying to move toward a new uh, one world government or new world order type of system. Uh, my own theory, and I, I, mean, I have nothing to back this up except just looking at this uh, from a logical perspective, you can only control the population with guns and taxes to so much of an extent. I mean, there will always be people that escape some control from tax and from guns. Uh, with this technology, you can control everyone. Um, I don't know if you know, with the 2010 census coming up, they're using GPS for the first time in history. Uh, their plan is to uh, have GPS coordinates on every structure that houses human beings. And, uh, uh, and, and if you look, and if you look at that in context with what we're talking about, well, I mean, they can see inside your house. They can alter your behavior. They can alter your thoughts. They can attack you with weapons. And now they know exactly where every person is with coordinates. Um, it, it sure looks like it's experimentation. And the other thing that leads me to that belief. You're right. Most of the people are just everyday, ordinary people with really no bearing on on, on political power or, or political direction. There are some whistleblowers and, and some people that are involved in big lawsuits, um, either um, on the court side of it or, or one of the plaintiffs that are being victimized by this. But they're, they're the minority. The majority of the people are, are housewives, doctors, lawyers. Um, inventors, you know, just uh, from every walk of life. Uh, there's a lady here who's a, a social worker. I mean, one of the nicest people you'd ever want to meet being terrorized. Incredible. And, uh, uh, so I wonder if there is, I mean, I, you know, obviously this would be sort of an intense thing to do, but if there might be a sort of profile that one could draw up that links these people in any way, shape, or form, um, a vulnerability, some proclivity to being able to be uh, manipulated in this way. And I know that um, from what, what I saw on your website that you're actually now writing a book on how to protect oneself. 
And I'm thinking that in the process of that, that there again might be some kind of um, some kind of uh, marker, some kind of proclivity. I do understand the outlier, you know, the outlier concept in terms of vulnerability, but I'm thinking in terms of actual targeting for their purposes. In other words, are they, they really getting the a random easy. sample or are they actually targeting a certain um, group with certain markers? Well, one theory uh, in talking to a, uh, a, a former DARPA scientist who worked on some of this technology, one theory on that is that basically everyone is controllable with this technology except a small subset of people and a small subset that aren't controllable are the ones being harassed. Uh, and discredited. Uh, that's one theory, and that's a pretty scary theory. Um, we, through freedom from um, covert harassment and surveillance, we have done surveys uh, on upwards of 600, 700 people to look for um, similarities between victims, to look for that magic thing that you're talking about, that, that one marker or one um, occupation or one like or dislike that everybody across the board has, and it's just not there. Uh, it's, okay. it's, it's totally random. Um, now, what we have found through surveys is that 70% of the victims are female, um, between 35 and 55, and living alone, whether um, single or divorced and living alone. Uh, so a lot of what's going on is sexual assault-based. And that's kind of what uh, lends us to believe that this is agency sterile experimentation, where basically criminal groups like big PI groups and large uh, law firms who use PIs have, a, have been given access to this technology and have been given carte blanche um, use of it uh, to victimize whoever they want while the government sits back and takes notes. Um, because what what they found is that it's a, it's a good tool or weapon to use to commit rape. Well, okay, but you know what this what this leads to in my mind anyway, especially the use, um, the sexual side of it, is um, what goes on with you know the normal, if there could be such thing, normal mind control victims that have come forward, um, you know, like Candy Jones and so on, who are in fact um, turned into agents where they use sex to break down the walls, um, you know, and to create the altar. And so it may be that, you know, and I don't know if you've gone down this road because I haven't read your book, um, though I'd certainly like to, um, is, is basically if they're, if they're doing this using sex, then they actually have, you know, it's not the sex in and of itself. It's what the sex oh, no, can, right. can allow it's them to have access to within the personality. And they, if they create the altars, if they're able to actually create, as you say, using somebody's in their house alone into an agent basically for them to go out and to do whatever they wish at whatever time, get on a plane, fly to a certain place, do, you know, then they technology. No, and, and I'm, that, that I'm sure goes on. That's gone on for a long time. And you're right. Sex, sex as a tool for that purpose has been going on for a very long time. Now, what we what we found, and at least in most of, most of the victims we've talked to, they don't seem to be getting used as a as an agent for anything outlandish. It it does seem to be strictly almost experimental, and that they're just seeing you know how long it takes to break a person, uh, how long it takes to get you fired from your job, and.
least in the cases that we've identified and 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 talked to and, and found out where the source is, like in here in San Antonio, you know, these guys are they're not creating agents. They're 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 just harassing people and, and raping who they can. Right, but, but, I, but there may be there may be different levels. In other words, yeah, no, there, there definitely is. You're accessing, in other words, the most pragmatic, you know, for lack of a better word, level in which you've got, you know, these people that are on the ground, um, given sort of, it's like being given a toy to play with, and then, as you said, that the um, the people above that are basically sitting back and taking notes, perhaps. That's that's actually what is going on. But on the other hand, you have to, you know, take it up another because, you know, you're talking to Project Camelot. So, you know, (laughs) you have to understand um, where we go with stuff like this. But but generally, because of what we know and because of the kind of people that we're interacting with, um, there is an, you know, in other words, there's a much larger plan and there that it does have. Um, basically, not only political, uh, probably, but it but it goes beyond that to where we're talking about um, sort of running the world and using agents and or um, people that may be turned and they may be manipulated to actually work in, you know, and this is possibly very outlandish to even suggest, but I'm going to throw it out anyway, um, which is. In, in the astral plane. In other words, the people themselves will know they're harassed in the real world, in their everyday lives and so on and so forth. They will have, you know, their barriers broken down. But basically, the actual, what actually they do with it and do with these people may actually happen in other realities. Um, and I know that, you know, that may not be some a place you want to go, but it, it, has, um, it has an interesting bearing on what is going on here because i have to say that i you know just knowing what i know um and and you know the rabbit hole goes very deep there is ultimately a plan and an agenda and um you know we just released an interview with somebody who's who's basically talking about being in in a room with these people who do literally run the world and i have to say that you know that their plans are pretty extensive you know, oh, and yeah, yeah. No, and I, I, I agree with you there, and I, I have delved a little bit into some of that, um, and and that's obviously where this technology is taking us. Uh, there would be no other reason for it. Um, the other, the other reason, the thing that I see, most of these victims have been uh, victimized for some of them a decade or more. And I know here in San Antonio, and several victims, and my fiance included, it's, it's gone on for almost a decade. Looking at that from a medical doctor's point of view, well, when we do studies, medical studies, you know, there's only two reasons you do a decade-long study on someone, and that's to determine carcinogenesis, is it causing, going to cause cancer over a long term, and behavioral studies. And that's the other thing we're looking at is why are some of these just everyday, normal, you know, you know, lower socioeconomic usually level people being, you know, uh, harassed with this and being subjected to this for a decade or more. And if this is a tool that's going to be used in a new world order situation, well, you're going to want to know, is it going to cause a bunch of funky cancers or rare cancers in someone with, with long-term exposure? And you're going to want to see,
see long-term behavioral studies with it. And, uh, and that certainly is from a medical perspective what it looks like. Because if you were subjecting people to all this microwave energy or, or, or infrared or uh, x-ray-based imaging, if it's going to cause some really rare tumors to crop up in 80% of the people that's exposed to it in a two-year period, well, you need to look for something else. Because when a bunch of people all of a sudden show up with a tumor that is usually in a half a percent of the population, and all of a sudden there's a big prevalence of it, well, that's going to be a giveaway. Um, people are going to notice that. You know, other physicians are going to notice that. So it almost looks like some of the people being uh, subjected to this for, for long periods of time are actually undergoing probably some type of medical study as well as control study. Right. And so I, this is, is actually where I'm going with that, because the idea that if it is going on over a prolonged period of time, you really do have, in a sense, um, these individuals possibly being used as in, in, in the case of, uh, you know, Candy Jones and, and there are others who, who basically become, as I say, you know, it's for lack of a better word, agents. Um, in other words, individuals or mentoring candidates where they are actually using those people in ways that those people are not aware in, oh, yeah. um, you know, um, even taking them places, uh, sending them places, um, even out of body and so on and so forth. So uh, over there's otherwise you, you just have some sort of mechanistic, um, everyday demented, you know, I, I don't know, um, private investigator firm or something that's just going hog wild with, with uh, a toy that they've been given. And sure, you're going to have aspects of that. But um, but I think basically there's going to be some much deeper, deeper. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. as, as you move further up the food chain in these individuals, I'm sure at the top, it's a it's all, the whole point of it is much different than what you actually see at the ground level. You're right. And, uh, and they've, they've been trying to work on Manchurian since the 50s. So, and, uh, and now they've got the technology to do it without, uh, without having to put you in a, you know, in a basement and drive you and shock you and drug you and beat you. Now they can do it with directed energy. And it's, uh, it's, it's much easier for them to do and much harder to detect because uh, if you do notice it happening to you, and most people that are controlled don't, and they're hard to convince that they're being controlled. And I've seen this firsthand. People uh, have their personality completely altered. Their likes and dislikes changed. Their um, vernacular and their vocabulary changed. Where you know it's not that person actually talking to you, that they're being controlled. You cannot convince a controlled person that that's happening. And um, that's even the, the, the really horrible part of part of it. Because when you talk about creating agents, um, these people don't know that they're, that they are, and there's no convincing that will convince them. Um, that's the, one of the other things we're really looking at doing is how we can, you know, uh, get through to some of these people, possibly through hypnosis. Um, there's a lot of different things that we're looking at and studying, um, to get some answers on that because, uh, it's so easy to control the person with this technology that, uh, our, our future is really at jeopardy. Uh, when it begins, well, absolutely. Uh, I mean, you can put people now. This is this is another way of looking at this, and I'm wondering if you've gone down this road. Which is, in other words, what you're talking about on the one hand is the sort of more drastic um, things. In other words, that that lead to a person actually finding out that they're 
they're stalked. What about the idea that there could be people out there that actually don't know they're stalked, don't know they're being used, don't know they're being manipulated, and yet all these technologies are being put into play with them. And at the same time, but it, it's, it's, it's kind of like if you viewed it as, as a needle on a meter where the needle, instead of going over into the red, it never makes it into the red so that it never goes above into the normal waking consciousness such that the person even knows. And then you can take, say, a government official, you can take even, for example, possibly a president of a company, a president of a country, and manipulate their behavior such that they don't know they're being manipulated. And maybe, I mean, you know, and I, you know, I, I know it's diabolical, but basically then we're talking about, you know, for all intents and purposes, you can run countries. Oh, it's not, it's, it's diabolical and it's happening. And that, that is already happening. Um, you know, what we're dealing with, I mean, I'm kind of at the, at, I guess at the ground level of this, I'm dealing with people that, that I, uh, I have contact with that are, that are voicing the complaints of the stalking and the, and the hearing voices. The people that are being controlled usually aren't hearing voices. Uh, you're right. They don't know they're being controlled. And, uh, and there have been some heads of state that have, um, have voiced these complaints that they feel like they're, you know, being mind controlled and they're hearing voices and they know that someone's attempting subliminal control. Really? Uh, and has anybody so contacted you? I mean, I, I understand that you probably wouldn't go on the record if they had, but is, can you tell us, you don't have to name names, but are you being contacted possibly by, by such people? Uh, yes, I have been. Wow. Incredible. So, so this is, I mean, is this your area of expertise and when you, you know, years ago when you became a doctor? Uh, no, I'm, I'm an anesthesiologist by trade, actually. Um, but I've been in the Mind Science Foundation uh, for a long time um, where we have people from every, every field, spiritualists, um, shamanists, doctors, PhDs, neurologists, neurosurgeons. Uh, imaging people. I mean, there's, it's a great organization for anybody who's interested in uh, the study of the mind. And uh, so, you know, we, we all brainstorm, uh, we all look at each other's research and are able to come up with, you know, a, a lot of stuff that's cutting edge. And that's in the private sector. And you always have to remember that the government as a rule is on a 10 year curve. So whatever you see at the private sector, Imagine the government is usually about 10 years ahead of you on the research. And, um, and that's why I, you know, we go back to the, I talked about the Army's, you know, addendum to non-lethal weapons. That was in 96, and they were already talking about successfully using microwave hearing. At the University of Irvine, currently, they're working on synthetic telepathy, where um, war fighters or soldiers will be able to communicate thought-to-thought in the field. Well, that tells you something, that if they're now trying to arrange it where one soldier can communicate to another thought to thought. Well, they've long ago got it down to where they can do it unidirectionally, where they can communicate back and forth with that one person. Now they're going to be decoding the brain, the EEG, recepting it, and then receiving it, and then sending it back down to another person's mind for reception, and then vice versa, back and forth. So, and that's being worked on right now, and that's actually been leaked into the public uh, from the University of Irvine. 
So I, I'm wondering, so basically you're talking about, um, I mean, I think that there's a sci-fi movie in which, or maybe it was something I was reading in which basically there's some kind of um, small device that the person wears, which allows them to tap into, you know, a network of tel tel telepathy in essence, where you could have soldiers in a field tapping into that sort of thing. Yeah, that's how that's well how they're working on it uh, at the University of Irvine. Yeah, it would be with a a scalp uh, probe. Um, I mean, even at the the current Olympics, I don't know if you saw. There's a uh, company called Interaxon that has uh, volunteers that are sitting with a uh, uh, a couple of electrodes, just kind of not even taped or you know adhered down to the scalp, but just you know near the scalp. And they have these volunteers watching different phases of the Olympics. And they're actually um, decoding and uh, conducting the brainwave activity over the Internet. Uh, and the people's minds, their excitement or their boredom with whatever event they're watching, creates a light show uh, 3,000 miles away via the Internet, all using brainwaves. Incredible. Uh, well, I mean, th this is really um, so, I mean, so far beyond uh, what... What is interesting also, I mean, because you're talking about um, manipulating humans, I'm wondering if um, if there's also uh, corollaries with animals, and in and then you could take, um, for example, and you know this is crazy, but wild animals and turn them into weapons. Sure, that would be possible. I mean, all of the research usually starts with animals, um, and it's it. it it wouldn't surprise me if it's already being attempted. Um, right. Maybe that's I mean, why they're having all the mountain lion attacks in California there for a while. Right. Anything's possible. I mean, uh, you know, it, it's it's very hard to determine whether or not people themselves are um, are believable and 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 authentic at this point. I mean, it's you know, in other words. When you have such mind control, you can also have, um, well, synthetic beings that are controlled then using this kind of technology and so on and so forth. I mean, there's nanotechnology, from what I understand, that is also able to, um, to create uh, physical beings that can be manipulated using this kind of thing. Um, and then there's also, if nanobots get in other words, become intelligent or manipulated using this kind of, I mean, because you're talking about a manipulation and you're talking yeah. about a biofeedback kind of mechanism within any kind of, in other words, even a computer eventually will, will is like a biofeedback uh, device. Exactly. Yeah, so it just goes all different directions. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of mind-boggling to even start contemplating it. Uh, let's come back at the other side of the hour. I really appreciate you being on with me. This is Carrie Cassidy from Project Camelot, and we should be back on the air with Dr. John Hall. John, are you there? Yeah. Okay, great. Um, so I'm trying to... Uh, Technology here. I'm being told uh, some people are are thinking that there's a lot of echo on my voice tonight. So I wanted to uh, change the connection and see if uh, we have a little less echo on okay. my end. Um, at any rate, uh, what I'd like to do is is talk a little bit um, 
about where you think this is going and how people can protect themselves? Well, I think, uh, as I said, my particular theory is that this eventually is going to be a, a mass population control technology. Um, really, the knowledge of it right now is probably one of your best protections because invariably what happens with most of the victims is that you uh, start getting attacked with directed energy or start hearing voices and you start complaining of that to people and then get further victimized by the psychiatric community. Um, so really knowing what it is and knowing what not to complain about is probably, as far as your livelihood, um, the best protection. Um, uh, the psychiatric community, to some extent, is probably in on the whole thing based on the, their past. Uh, it, it was psychiatrists that were at the forefront of most of the mind control experiments of MK Ultra, and I would assume it is the same thing today. Now that not does necessarily translate down to the ground level where your community or neighborhood psychiatrist that you may be sent to would you tell your boss you're under surveillance. Uh, they truly may just not have any knowledge of the technology, but usually even presenting it to them uh, in the form of documents still doesn't do any good. If you're hearing something that they can't hear, then you're delusional until proven otherwise. So knowing what it is when you first start hearing it so someone can convince you to see a psychiatrist or um, uh, a lot of people start uh, thinking that it's you know, completely spiritual when, uh, you know, as I said, a lot of times, you know, if you have voices telling you to do stuff that you don't ordinarily want to do uh, and while you're being attacked and while you're being stalked, then look at harassment and instead of a, a spiritual cause. Uh, so knowledge is probably the best protection we have right now. The other good protection is, is altering your EEG. Um, most of this is, is done through um, uh, remote neural monitoring is the catchphrase for it, or EEG recognition. That's how someone gets targeted. Everybody has a slightly different EEG. It gives off a slightly different elf wave uh, signature. Um, so they can actually pick you out of a crowd of thousands based on your EEG. And what we've noticed through um, working with uh, victims, that if, if you can alter your EEG, um, you know, a lot of, it's hard to explain how to do that, but it's, it's done kind of through a biofeedback type of mechanism. And the example I give to people is, um, if, and, I, and I mentioned this in the book, if you're, if you're looking out into your backyard and let's say you're looking at a swing set in the backyard, in your mind's eye, trick your mind into seeing a dinosaur or a, a big purple barney. What they're picking up on with the remote neural monitoring is what your brain is sensing, not what the lens of your eye is actually seeing. It's, you know, it's not a, it, it's not so physical that they're actually using the eye as a lens to see what you see or to smell what you smell or to hear what you hear. It's all being done at an EEG level. So if you make yourself see something that's not there, that's what they'll see. And that's, I guess, the, the best uh, example I can give of how to alter the EEG. Um, well, actually, um, I, I think that th that's very good. I, I've been um, reading some things that do talk about that notion. And another concept that I heard that I, I always thought was really brilliant was to visualize snow, um, that pure white, uh, to white out your mind is a way of uh, interfering with uh, 
mind control efforts. Oh, definitely. Either picturing bright white or pitch black. If you can picture complete darkness, then they don't see anything. Um, and you're right, the bright white actually uh, messes with the monitors that they're actually watching on. Um, you know, because they're, they're, the monitors that they're actually looking at uh, is still dependent on current technology. And as you know, uh, computer screens don't like um, real bright colors. Uh, bright white specifically, and like I said, um, complete darkness. If you can imagine in your mind complete darkness, and you can do the same thing with auditory responses. Um, make yourself hear something that's, you know, that you're not really hearing. Um, project white noise while you're having a conversation with someone, and that takes some training. Um, and that's one of the things we're looking at doing is, is actually getting this down to a, a trainable method where we can train people to do these, to use different parts of the mind simultaneously, which a lot of people have a hard time with until they're trained to do it. Because uh, they can hear a conversation you're having with someone by picking up your auditory responses in the, in the brain. Okay, um, I'm actually, I'm in touch with somebody who's giving me some, some, some great ideas here. Um, and this person has a background in this area. Um, and they are suggesting that you, another thing you can do is change your mode of discussion and think the way you think, like rapidly switching channels, so to speak, in your brain, thinking inconsistently, um, or also thinking irrationally, such as um, lettuce growing in concrete or something of that nature, something that doesn't match. Exactly. Uh, can throw off, it's like the idea of throwing off a computer, it sounds to me like. Exactly. It's a, if you look at it, if you picture them picking up your brain waves in a pure sine wave pattern, anything you can do to break that sine wave, to break the, the traditional pattern that they're used to targeting, and use the sensing, we'll do it. And uh, and that's one of the ways you to, to cover up conversation. If you're having a conversation that you want to make sure that they can't, um, can't listen to, that's one of the ways you do it is to train the mind to still focus on the person you're conversing with, have the conversation, but trick your mind into the, into thinking that it's hearing extremely loud white noise. And what they'll hear is the white noise and not the conversation. Uh, it's all EEG based and that's where that's one of the things we need to work on is different training methods to do that and that's you know and it's like I said it's, it's a hard thing to explain to someone um, that's never thought about breaking down the way the mind works so yeah um, well I mean it's exciting that you're you're thinking along those lines and that you're planning on possibly even teaching. Uh, people to to protect themselves in that way. Now, another thing, a really easy fix for if people are having voice to skull technology used on them, what we found is that if you put an iPod, put your your uh, plugs in your ears, and, and use an iPod at a pretty moderate volume, you will override both both the uh, air conduction and the bone conduction of the hearing system, and that will oftentimes block out um, a lot of the voice to skull or the elf wave generated sound uh, that is used for audio harassment. It's the voices around you. Uh, there's two distinct different ways people hear voices, and that is in the head, which is voice to skull, and um, voices in, in vibrations around them. And a lot of times people will say, well, I know they're tracking me from room to room in my house because I'll hear them talking to me through a, a ceiling fan in my bedroom, and then I'll hear them talking through my refrigerator compressor vibrating in the kitchen.
cover your entire home with this broadcast or this transmission, but it needs a vibratory source, something that slightly moves air to finish amplifying it just enough for you to sense. And it seems like they're actually following you from room to room with it, but it's really just being amplified by whatever's vibrating or whatever's moving air uh, in the room you may go to. And if you use an iPod, you can usually block out both of those with an iPod turned up. What they want you to do is focus, and focusing on listening to them brings it in clearer and clearer until I know a lot of the victims will say, well, I'm, I'm trying to focus on what they're telling me to, to get clues or to get hints um, at who they are or what exactly they're doing. And the more you focus on it, the more inescapable it gets. Um, so you're, the techniques that we're really working on are ways to ignore it. And that really pisses them off. <laughs> you know, if you, you know, these people have created their own prison as well. They're sitting in a room, 12 hour shifts behind a computer watching you. The first, first couple of years, it may be a little bit fun. After a decade, it's a job like any other job. And, right. um, and, and if you learn to ignore them, that's one of the best ways of getting back at them because they know they've created their own prison when they get into doing this kind of work. Well, there's also, um, from what I understand, there's uh, the, I don't know if it's just in the United States, but there's a certain frequency that things like fans and, um, and I, I don't even understand it, but maybe you know what I'm talking about, um, that go at a certain frequency, whereas in Europe they use a different frequency. It has to do with the electrical current or whatever it is. And um, apparently the one in America is not, um, compatible with our natural physiology. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, I have heard a little bit about that. I know our uh, the the uh, your natural frequency is between 7.8 and and 8, and um, that's another. Actually, it's funny you brought that up because another way of actually scrambling what they pick up from your your remote neural monitoring. There's a company called Kelly Research Industries, if you don't mind me plugging somebody, because it's one of the few places I know where to get these. But no uh, they, they make an elf, um, elf wave generator that generates a room full of elf waves at that frequency. It matches your, your normal EEG frequencies or your natural rhythms, your natural frequencies. And that will, you'll still hear the voice to skull, but it interrupts uh, what they're able to pick up remotely from you especially if you have any loud music or a TV or anything else going on in the room, what they pick up will be piggybacked on all the, the uh, superficial elf waves that are being created in the room by this device. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's another way just to mess with them back. I guess it's really not helping you not hear anything or helping you not be attacked by something, but at least you know you're kind of sticking it to the guys that are doing it to you. By, by making them listen to a lot of the ambient sound in your house rather than just what's coming out of your head. Uh, yeah, and someone else is actually, um, you know, I have people that are Skyping me during this. Uh, they may not be calling in, but they're actually sending me Skype messages. And uh, one of the people is, is saying that, uh, you know, that there can be um, a signal, which is sort of a sleepiness that one's being put under and that the minute you detect that to do a countermeasure to that and understand that, you know, that's sort of a certain detection, sudden tiredness or sleepiness. Well, and most people that get that, and I, the, the signal that at least they may be alluding to this, 
is kind of a loud crack. Uh, that's what most people describe perceiving, and is just as they're falling asleep, and sometimes it'll bring them back out of a sleep, is they'll hear a, a pop in their head or a, like, uh, a sound like two stones being clacked together. And sometimes it's, it's loud enough that it, it will bring you back out of your sleep. Um, but usually it's heard just as they're actually uh, sedating you or making you more somnolent, which can be done with this technology as well. Yeah. Um, now, one thing I'm wondering, uh, are you familiar? Did you know who Dr. Fred Bell is? Uh, I've, I've heard, I've looked at his research. And I've heard some of his interviews, and it, uh, it seems like he's very knowledgeable about this topic. And I've actually been meaning to uh, to try to get a hold of him because one of the things that we've talked about through Freedom from Covert Surveillance and Harassment is creating a or a summit of getting all of us that are doing research into this and and publishing things down different avenues. Get us all in one room to try to come up with a plan on on how to really um, get this into a congressional hearing. And, and another thing is to um, get some criteria for distinguishing but distinguishing between attack and true mental illness, uh, you know, because that's, you know, from a medical point of view, you know, there are mental uh, illnesses that do cause you to hear voices and do cause delusions and hallucinations. And because this technology is meant to mimic those diseases or illnesses, sometimes it's hard to tell. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure it, it's getting really, really confusing. Although I have to, you know, I, I sort of am beginning to think that there's no such thing as mental illness so much as uh, people that have been targeted in, in more than one way. But um, that's because I'm also believing in, uh, you know, obviously uh, ETs or, or beings from other realities and so on. And uh, entities that are discarnate and Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. So um, you know it, it gets really really involved, and now humans are doing it to other humans, and, and so we've got we've got big troubles, uh, obviously. Well, um, and, I, and, and, and I'll be the first to tell you, I'm no, I'm no, I have no love for psychiatry myself, mainly because it's so uh, uh, subjective. Um, <laughs> you know, when I when I put somebody to sleep, I I check their lab values. There are there are criteria that I have to go by to dose you a certain dosage of an anesthetic or with a drug. You know, with psychiatry, you're basically telling somebody your story. And if it sounds reasonable and believable to them, you're okay. If it seems a little outlandish, you know, you're mentally ill. And, uh, you know, and, and it's just, you know, it just makes no sense. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty wild. Um, you know, and I, I studied this in college and, and I just came away thinking, boy, you know, these are people out there uh, basically kind of playing God and, and determining what's normal. And actually, we're, we're beginning. Again, you know, the more you go into this rabbit hole, normal becomes, uh, you know, almost an oxymoron. Well, I even had one, uh, I have a good friend who's a psychiatrist, one of the, one of the, the few psychiatrists that I like. Uh, and uh, he even told me, he said, well, when you, when you really, you know, break it down, everybody's got something wrong with them. We all got something wrong with us. You know, so basically, you know, the mental illness is the norm, possibly, you know. Yeah, that's, that's true, too. Um, now, I'm getting uh, some more information coming through to me here. I'm just going to run this by you. I'm hearing that um, U.S. is on a 60-cycle frequency that contains an imposed lily wave 
frequency and Lily wave was first artif observed artificially imposed on the U.S. electric system in the early 70s. It got its name from the shape of the lily flower on the oscilloscope. Does any of that make sense to you? Yeah, I've, I've, I've heard a little bit about that, but uh, I haven't really uh, dove into it. I'll be honest, I'm, I'm nobody's physicist. Um, right. I, I really was kind of more focused on uh, the medical end of things and uh, protection from that. But I know there are, you know, like in my book, I wrote based on what I've what I've witnessed and and what I've been able to talk to verifiable sources about this coming from satellite. But there are there are people who say some of this can be done through your home wiring. Um, uh, Harp is another. Um, uh, agent that uh, like Nick Begich, uh, Angels Don't Play This Harp, in his book. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, he talks um, about it being done with Harp. And, and in reality, it may be a, a, you know, a bunch of different modalities that are all being combined together to do all of this. But, uh, um, but it's funny they brought up the electrical wiring things. I was just talking to a, um, a physicist not long ago uh, who was, you know, we were talking about the possibility of using your home wiring uh, to direct some frequencies from you, and, and it, it is possible, and it probably, if it's possible, it's being done. Yeah, I, you know, I have to say that, and you know, our whistleblowers are saying not 10 years difference, but um, a lot greater, uh, you know, maybe even thousands of years difference in terms of technology, and at least in terms of uh, what we call the secret government. Um, so I just want to throw that out there. Um, so I am, you hearing, people are probably hearing these, um, you know, tones in the background. These are people that are coming on. And I, I, I would like to encourage people to call in. Uh, the call-in number is on the front page, I believe, of our, our website. But it, it is also on the microeffect.com. So if you want to call in and ask questions of our guest, Dr. John Hall, um, you're welcome to do so in the next half hour. Um, and we will periodically stop this discussion so that we can bring on other people to ask whatever questions are, are plaguing them about the subject. Um, is there a certain uh, direction that, that you have been going, in other words, sort of to the exclusion of other directions? Because I'm noticing in, in even talking to you that, that this is such a complex subject that you actually have to sort of drill down in one way or another and the, for example the uses of this technology militarily are you know mind-boggling and so on and I'm, i am just wondering at what are you just is are you concentrating on individuals in like so-called normal society um you know the, the normal public as opposed to the specialized applications of this or are you leaving yourself open to deal with you know, um, in other words, the military applications and so on. Well, I, I'm trying to be pragmatic about it in the fact that, um, you know, they've, they've spent a lot of money and a lot of years um, creating the technology. There are people out there that are calling for the total, you know, abandonment of this type of technology completely. Being a realist and knowing how the government works, that's not going to happen. Um, what we're 
really hoping for is to at least have it contained back in the in the context with with which it's supposed to be used by our um, our guidelines. Um, I met with uh, Representative Jim Guest in person um, several months ago and was on his radio show with him four Sundays in a row. He's one of the, the few legislators that have actually come around to seeing that this is a real problem and he's trying to pass legislation against it. And uh, he asked me, he said, well, do you have a problem with this being used in the, you know, within the confines of the military overseas and, you know, on military targets? You know, well, the humanitarian side of you says, you know what, this, this shouldn't be used on anybody. But the realistic side, you know, I guess I don't have a problem with it being used within a, a, a slim context of military use. I do have a problem when it's being used to victimize a mortgage broker or a housewife or, you know, uh, you know, a doctor or, you know, you know, someone that's here. This is trying to live their life. And, you know, like you said, you've got to kind of drill one direction. So really the direction we're trying to go with is to uh, get a congressional hearing, get disclosure, hopefully find one or two people up there in Washington that are still, you know, honest enough and ethical enough to see this as a problem and uh, and get some disclosure um, and at least stop the experimentation that's being done here. So, you know, I, I, I guess that's Are you having uh, whistleblowers approach you, though, that are revealing more aspects to this uh, question that we're talking about, um, some of which that you may not even be able to talk about? Yeah, uh, actually, I've, I've talked to quite a few people in, in government positions that have, have voiced you know, ethical concerns with some of the technology that have found themselves victimized by it. Um, we've got people within freedom from covert harassment and surveillance that uh, have been um, you know, intra-government uh, We've uh, and, and had people that are former MKUltra victims that are still being harassed uh, by this as well. So, I mean, the, the, it's kind of disheartening when you see that people that are in the profession still working for the government, they're trying to you mention it you're almost really discredited so you know and that's you know that's the way the technology works um, but slowly as more and more people come out uh, more and more people uh, admit what's happening in sheer numbers we're hoping that we'll be able to uh, find somebody in government that'll listen and uh, and have a congressional hearing that's one of the reasons I want to get this summit together with those of us that are doing the research on it um, and publishing and, and being activists in the field is to come up with a set of guidelines, some criteria, and a direction on how to get this done. Instead of, you know, uh, Dr. Bell doing his research and and his and his work, and, and Dr. Begich his work, me my work, we're all writing down different venues. When I think we need to all get on the same bus and 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 find a direction that this needs to go to uh, to get something done about it. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Obviously, there's going to be strength in numbers, um, so I, I, I applaud your efforts there. Uh, is there anything that you can talk to us about in terms of what other things are going on in, 
in regard to this technology. In other words, um, some of the, the things that may not have been covered in, in my questions here and, and things that you might uh, want to tell people about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, I think, uh, you know, there's a, after being on Coast to Coast, I noticed I had a lot of emails from people that were emailing me saying, you know what, I've got this and this going on, and do you think this might be harassment? Is this what you're talking about? Um, you know, with, with this type of technology, it's not just hearing voices and it's not just uh, being burned with something that you can't see. There's a, a lot of things they can do, and sometimes it's real subtle. Um, electronic disturbances in the home, uh, that's a big one that, uh, that, that when you initially start having it done, you'll go, you know what, you know, I, my lights are coming off and on on their own or my power is being turned off and on or I've got a battery-operated radio that comes off and on on its own. I'll shut it off, and it comes right back on. Um, that Those are things that when you start seeing that happen, you know, if it happens real infrequently or happens once, maybe that's your wiring, maybe it's a short and something. If it's happening every day, uh, a lot of times that's the how the harassment starts, is through just electronic harassment, not of yourself, but of your, of your uh, electronic appliances. Um, be on the lookout for that. Um,
apparently we've got a caller. Uh, it looks like it's Kip in, um, I don't know, Vermont, maybe. Are you yes, on the air with us, Kip? Oh, that's fantastic. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Oh, thank you so much. This is Kip from Vermont. Please let me just first say um, <clears throat> wonderful blessings to Carrie Cassidy and Bill Ryan and the incredible work you're doing. And also uh, a tremendous thanks to Dr. John Hall and his brave work. My question is um, two questions, if I may. One, past use uh, for people who may have experimented with LSD or magic mushrooms, or maybe even MDMA, known as ecstasy, whether past use or maybe the occasional um, current use would be uh, make a person more susceptible to these effects, or if it could possibly strengthen the mind. Um, if you had any thoughts on that or knowledge. Well, um, I, I, I don't know if it would, would strengthen the mind. I know it. It chemically it doesn't make you a easier target, but um, usually just the use alone makes you a valuable target because when you start voicing complaints of it, they're going to blame it on the drug. At least that's what we're seeing. Um, now I know uh, in the early MK Ultra studies, you know they researched all of those for making the mind more subject to uh, suggestion and hypnosis. And indeed they do. Anything that raises dopamine levels in the brain, which those do, uh, will make you more susceptible to hypnotic suggestion, which some of this is remote hypnosis. Um, so I guess not only would it make you more subject to control, but uh, it's also going to make you um, very easily um, discredited if you ever start voicing the complaint. Well, I'm very aware of that. Um, I just had a nap the other day, and I was listening to some Native American music, and as I woke up from this nap, I just had this strange kind of thought come to me that said, gee, someone could be in my head right now, and I would have no idea. <laughs> yeah, and that's, and that's the sad part of this technology is that if, you're, if someone's trying to control you and not harass you, you won't hear, you won't hear a voice or anything that you consider for in your head. You'll just be controlled. Wow. Well, thank you so much, folks. I guess I don't I really have any more questions, but keep up the good work, and I will continue to send my blessings of love and light to the whole Project Camelot team and all the whistleblowers. Uh, thank you so much. Bye. Hey, um, well, uh, Dr. Hall, uh, you know, this is, is so amazing, this, the work you're doing. Uh, I have to say that it's very valuable to people. Uh, I think for decades there have been people that have been manipulated and it's only gradually that these people are being able to come forward and not be ridiculed. And obviously your efforts in this direction are, are very valuable. Um, we have some whistleblowers uh, that are called super soldiers, one of which is Duncan O'Finian. I don't know if you happen oh, yeah. to be familiar with him or have watched his video interview that we did. I didn't watch the interview. I am familiar with him, and I, I believe he was actually uh, uh, scheduled to come on a conference call um, through Freedom from Covert uh, Harassment and Surveillance. I don't know if that is scheduled or if it's already been, but I know he's got some very valuable knowledge that uh, – that he was going to share with uh, some of the people in the organization. And, uh, and I've seen, um, I, I actually saw him on uh, with a true TV thing, a conspiracy theory uh, with Jesse Ventura, which, you know, I, I wish they would have had him on a little longer and 
um, and let him talk a little bit more about what was going on than they did. But uh, I understand it's all. Um, now you are you are breaking up at the moment, so we are having some electronic um, interference, at least at my end, in 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 your what you're saying. I don't know if you're breaking up for other people. Um, I am being told by one of my contacts here that AI is all pervasive and very much self-aware, and that what we're talking about here actually goes beyond satellite um, surveillance. There is an artificial intelligence, according to one of our whistleblowers in the past and uh, and to one of my contacts at the time, who is saying that that this surveillance of humans and humanity is, uh, they have put into place an artificial intelligence that is surveilling the planet as a whole and individuals as, you know, um, pervasively across the planet. Uh, and, and I don't know if you, have you considered that? I haven't really uh, delved into that too much, but um, that it would sound like a reasonable thing to look into. And uh, because they, well, they've been working on artificial intelligence for some time now, and like you said, the the, the government research is is light years ahead of what we really have access to, you know, on the ground uh, in the private sector. So, um, you know, that that wouldn't surprise me in the least. And, you know, like I said, when I wrote my book, I'm going by what I was told by a friend that's currently with the CIA. He may not really understand what he's telling me either. I mean, it's one of those things where it's the chicken or the egg. Um, I'm going by my experience and, and what I was told by people that are working with it in the field. But then again, who knows what they're being told? Um, so, I mean, it's I, I'm always open to, you know, to, to new suggestions and, and what this can be, and it certainly could be artificial intelligence based, that's for sure. Um, right. Uh, it, it's it's really mind boggling. We've got another caller, uh, Rob, in, uh, I don't know, maybe Wisconsin. Rob, are you there? Hello? Uh, Hello? Do we have a caller? Uh, do we have a caller named Rob? Yes, that's, I'm here. Can you hear me? Uh, hi, Rob. Yes, Hello. we can. Okay. So, um, first of all, I really appreciate both of you and, and the work that you're both doing. I'm just, um, I can't thank you enough. Um, I, I, I consider myself to be a, a fairly recent victim. I, I, I'm glad that I'm not, I haven't dealt with this for a decade, and I hope I don't have to deal with it for a decade more, because I'm, I'm not, I will say that I'm not dealing with the voice to skull stuff, thankfully, um, but it, it, um, I am dealing with the, um, the organized stalking and, and electronic harassment, and my suspicion is that has been that it has been like satellite-based. I thought at first that I had some sort of a GPS in me, but I was like, how could that possibly happen? And when the whole uh, remote neural monitoring aspect came into came into view with some of the poking around on the internet that I did, I was like, I mean, of course, I was blown away because it's like a much more of a sci-fi reality than I would have ever imagined. But but my curiosity about that is, how is it possible if you're in a if you're in a you know you're in a household with multiple people, how they would initially um, how would they, how would they single you out, or if they selected you or profiled you as part of this experimentation or or weaponry? How would they how would they zero in on you specifically so that others weren't actually 
um, being affected by it. It's, uh, it's being done in two ways. One is by uh, biofrequency signature, and the other is by EEG fingerprinting, and they kind of overlap. But uh, your EEG, when you think, and your uh, electricity goes through your brain, creating an EEG, it also gives off health waves. And um, everybody has a different health wave signature, and everybody has a different frequency signature. And that's one of the hardest things to get people to understand is that when you first get victimized by this, everyone thinks, I've got to have a chip in me. Uh, that's, that would be the only way they could put a home in on me. It was a, a, a homing beacon or a chip. Yeah. And uh, that's older technology. And I have I've have had patients that have had chips in them. Uh, James Walbert um, in Missouri, I read his MRIs. He has a Verichip-style chip that was buried in his trapezius muscle um, while he was in a drugged state. Uh, or an unconscious state, but that's 10-year-old technology at the least. Uh, most of it's being done now, uh, no chip required because it's done with an EEG signature or a biofrequency signature. Um, I they, how would they, I, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. Well, oh, I'm curious. Well, well, if you had, say, for example, you have five people standing in a line and each of them obviously have a different brain signature, how... How would they actually be able to initially, if they were like, okay, we want this guy specifically, would it, would it, would it just be like, okay, they zero in on, on, the, on each one of those, and then by, by just monitoring each one, they, they'd finally be able to, oh, this is, this is the one right here because he's thinking these thoughts, or you know, how, how would they actually make the initial identification? Well, they, you know, since you're all exhibiting a different, a different EEG pattern, usually, especially if you're having organized stalking, then you have some boots on the ground that know who you are already. So, I mean, basically, you were singled out by sight, and then your EEG was uh, remotely sensed and, and placed in the system. And once it's, once it's read, then it's automatic. That part of it, the tracking is automatic. There's nobody sitting with a mouse actually tracking you as you go. That's all done automatically. Um, well, you know what's really, really interesting, what's really interesting about this is when it began, it, it, it started out as a ringing in the ears, which basically doesn't, it, it, it's, a, it's a frequency that doesn't sound like it's in the ears, but it's like kind of between the ears. And I noticed immediately that, I mean, I started, first it, it, it caused me to, to have extreme fear, a fear response. That's the other aspect of this that I've noticed is there's this almost kind of manipulation of the emotional state that it, that it can do. But, the, but what I did was just by being kind of like an observer, I noticed that in different parts of the city, it was more intense. It was also it was also affected by you know getting underneath a, you know a multi-layer space blanket, which I've, I've used to kind of protect myself at times when it seems really bad, um, which, which helps. But I, I think I need to do more for as far as the shielding goes. But the point being that I I could I noticed that um, that. Uh, that it's affected by by location and by different circumstances, and that it has it seems to have the capability. Oh, oh, I remember what I was going to say. As I, as I, I knew, I, I noticed initially that when I would like move my body from one location to another, like walk real fast to a different location, that there would be like the sound would go away or it would dissipate slightly, and then it would I could, it would I could hear the frequency increase in volume again, like the tracking had just you know found me again it's really bizarre no so that is because some of the some of the modalities they have to aim at you and some of them actually track along with you automatically 
Um, and especially with the directed energy weapons, you can move out of their way. Um, though that is somebody that's looking at a, a clear image or an x-ray image of you on a screen and they're attacking you anatomically. And um, most of the time you can move out of the direction of that attack. Uh, and it takes a while, especially if it's a microwave. Once it's, it's been on you a while before it starts to hurt. When you move, you know, the pain will go away. And the logical thinking, you would think, well, then if I move, then it should transfer the pain to another side, whatever it's hitting when I move. But it still will take time to actually build up enough uh, thermal reaction in the, in the scan or wherever they're attacking you to hit. Now, the, the other part of it, the elf wave generated uh, audio harassment, uh, that is the one that seems like it's, it's going wherever you go and tracking you because that is put down in a broad spectrum. And that just needs something to vibrate around you to carry the sound. Now, that's not voice to skull. You're not hearing that in your head. You're hearing that which sounds like whispers around you, you know, in running water and in, in anything that vibrates. So some, some of the modalities are tracking uh, automatically, and some of them have to be moved by hand along to you. So that's why you're seeing that. Uh, I know I've, some of the victims I've talked to who just are, are totally convinced that they're shipped and it's being done by a neighbor with a handheld weapon. Well, usually they become convinced how, how it is satellite once they take a big trip. You know, when they get on a plane, they fly to Florida from Wisconsin to Florida, and they're still being attacked just as much on the plane, and they're still being attacked just as much in another state. Well, then they come around. That was going to be my next question was, is it possible to, to move away and have the, you know, have this stop? Because you know, I mean, that's obviously one of the big solutions that I've considered, even though it's, it creates a huge disruption in my life. But you'll move away from the stalking, but you won't move away from the electronic attack if, they're, if, they, if they choose to follow you, where you wherever you end up. Um, well, I, I mean, thank you very much, uh, Rob. For calling in, uh, I, I sure. do want to ask a question here. Um, sure, thank you for your Dr. time, guys. Paul, uh, I was wondering because it occurs to me that one of the things that goes on with plants—I don't know if you've done any experimentation in this area—but um, you know, healers know that you can go to a forest, a place where there's greenery, after you have been involved in um, you know electronics and uh, trying to to heal an individual or get rid of negative energy and basically will take um and dissipate that energy and uh and and so it occurs to me that it's possible to uh, sort of help people that are going through some of this to get into a meditative state and to do so in a place where there's a lot of greenery and a lot of nature away from sort of city where there's a lot of, uh, you know, electronics and so on, that it can be helpful to be around uh, plants. Well, Sherry, I mean, you're, you're a genius because that is one of the things that we recommend to people uh, is, is to get out anywhere, really. And you're right, being around heavy vegetation uh, does seem to, if anything, if it's not absorbing some of it, it's getting your mind off of it. And that's really one of the best uh, modes of defense is just to get your mind off of it. If, if what they want you to do is lose your job and sit at home in your bedroom and just listen to them and just be attacked, um, if you actually get out and live your life and try to ignore it, eventually you will succeed and learn how to do that. 
Um, that's one of the things we always recommend to people. Don't, don't sit at home and just sit there listening to them 24 hours a day and being attacked. Most of the victims over time will notice if they're focused on a conversation with someone else or, or focused on doing something, performing some type of a task, they'll notice that they're ignoring the voices and they're ignoring the attack. Um, it's, it's the more deprivation you have, the easier it is for them to victimize you. Absolutely. Uh, I, you know, and I, I would say that, that it is happening also. Um, there's a different way of looking at this, which is that the veil between is thinning. Um, and this is, is maybe a little esoteric, but uh, in, in a movement into fourth dimension where we are becoming a more telepathic society as a whole. In other words, people are starting to open up to their other senses beyond the, the normal five. And what happens there is that, that basically the um, boundaries between people are, um, are thinning and, and breaking down. And what has to happen is that people have to, de you know, develop these strengths. And unfortunately, um, the technology is actually a challenge if you can look at it like that for the people that are under attack and are, you know, feeling that um, sort of pervasive, pervasive in uh, pervading their lives, that basically they can develop these strengths, these muscles that normally they wouldn't be developing, that this is actually an opportunity. It's just a different way of looking at it. That's a good way to look at it because that is one of the things we're working on is, uh, using the mind to combat it. I mean, as like Rob was talking about, uh, you know, he's, you know, using shielding methods and, um, you know, a lot of people are using mylar or copper mesh and, and it, it just doesn't seem to work that well. It will lessen some of it, you know, some of the modalities it will, it will shield some of them. They won't, uh, the elf wave broadcasting a lead line room won't shield and nothing shields from elf. Um, and most of the remote neural monitoring is done on an elf wave basis. And what we found is that whenever we figured this out from the remote reading experiments in the 60s and 70s, in people with the innate ability to remote read or project thought, that's uh, the thought is, and the, the Russians were the first to, to, to click on this, is that it's, it's being done through elf wave transmission from the brain. Um, now, put off in target in their studies, they kind of poo-poo the elf wave hypothesis. The Russians say it's completely elf wave generated. That the way a remote reader um, or a remote influencer can influence another person is done by elf waves being generated from the mind. Well, whenever you open up an elf wave channel, from be it whether it's synthetic from a satellite down to a human being or from human to human, that's a two-way communication. Data transfer can go both directions. With by controlling your thought, learning how to project your thought you can actually put right back into the heads of your perpetrators using the same elf wave channel that they've artificially created to you via satellite. Um, yeah, and that that's actually, um, and that's that's really excellent. I'm glad you're bringing that up. Um, there is the, the, the um, basically, well, I think of it as an, an, an occult technique, but it is a remote viewing and influencing technique as well to reverse the, the channel. And we've actually done uh, experimentation through the Mind Science Foundation doing that. Um, Vasilev did a lot from Russia, did a lot of the early studies on, you know, I, I won't call it remote viewing because that's just implying looking, but remote influencing, where um, 
um, we duplicated his experiments, or one of the researchers did in Mind Science Foundation, by taking just everyday people off the street, putting them in anechoic chambers, you know, a, a shielded chamber that, that no other um, extraneous frequencies can get into, and put two volunteers in chambers, you know, uh, a kilometer apart, and then have one of the people project their thought to change the galvanic skin response to, you know, to change the, you know, the way the, the skin um, uh, carries a very, very slight electric current and um, to change uh, skin temperature response. And what was found is, is that we could exactly duplicate Basil's, Basil's experiments where even people without innate ability picked off the street uh, can direct their thought and change the galvanic skin response and change the temperature response, temperature response in another subject's uh, skin at a distance using just elf wave. Um, and you know it's elf wave when it's going anechoic chamber to anechoic chamber because that, that's the only frequency that isn't blocked is elf. Okay, but I'm wondering, is this, when you call it an elf wave, is this the same thing as signal non-locality? Uh, I've never, I've never heard that term, but uh, would be that ELF is, stands for extremely low frequency. Huh. Because uh, you know, well, this gets into sort of an, uh, another sort of esoteric area. But we, our whistleblower, uh, Dr. Pete Peterson, uh, did did a lot of work in the area of what he called the information field. And um, this is a very advanced area of research that has to do with, from what I understand, signal non-locality and has to do with a field that is actually all around us and that they are beginning to realize that we can affect things, in other words, um, you know, basically anywhere and not have to be in the in the physical proximity, but that it's it actually goes beyond sort of what, what you're talking about, from what I understand. In other words, it doesn't have to do with sending a wave. It has to do with um, something that's even more instantaneous than that. And believe me, I, I don't quite understand the, uh, the physics behind it. I just kind of get the concept. Are you familiar at all with, have you heard of anything like this? Sure, that's, uh, that's actually uh, one of the basis of, of quantum physics. And, uh, and actually, I think what you're alluding to is actually called the Einstein-Podolsky-Rosen theorem. And that's that, uh, that no two um, um, unrelated events um, by space can uh, occur simultaneously, meaning that um, if something, something you do in one place actually affects something across the earth in another place. And, uh, that's one of the, one of the, uh, the fundamentals of quantum physics. Okay. Very good. Okay. So thank you so much, Dr. John Hall. Um, sure, sure. we're out of time here and, you know, I have no limits here, so I'm not able to push the envelope. I'd love to have you back on in a future date. And I really appreciate you coming on today. Sure. Thanks a lot, Kirk. Okay. Take care. I'm Archie Sterling, Taps TV. The tactic that...
organized gang stalking is utilized to traumatize the target. Large groups of individuals are participating in this tracking stalking game of the, these targets, several thousand of which reside in the United States alone. These targets are tracked by the organized gang stalkers using their cell phones or the internet. In effect, they are able to locate the target at all times within a foot of their actual location anywhere on Earth. The organized gang stalkers have been shown video that portrays the targets in a negative light in order to discredit the target as well as to motivate the stalkers into using verbal assaults as well as even physical assaults and harassment in the community to drive the target out of the community and perhaps to force them to commit suicide without ever laying a hand on them. The average target is being assaulted both physically and verbally at all times in a way that they cannot discern who is doing this to them, nor can they block this using any type of Faraday cage or other electronic device to interfere with these signals. When this target attempts to go to the store or go to work or go out to public, the organized gang stalkers are waiting for them. Some of these people do this for small transfer payments. Other stalkers do this merely for the enjoyment of tormenting and hunting another human being and receiving a psychological high, as well as being part of a larger group. They are told that they are helping the police. However, there is nothing helping about these antisocial acts that they all engage in. Typically, the organized work or anywhere in the community, they will in effect surround them at a restaurant sitting at nearby tables and begin to say inappropriate things. are very brazen to say the same negative things, the keywords that are being used in the microwave Nightmare that they 
experiences of running the as well as their conscious of cursing and death is to slowly individuals Sleep deprivation as a primary tactic to physical attacks are complemented with attacks on the mind of the subject. Dr. Jose Delgado perfected the use of a brain to computer to brain feedback so that he was able to give a continuous stimulus and response type signal to his patients. This is exactly what is used to attack the target. Their EEG is hit with an antenna. It causes an interference and demodulated to capture the target's EEG in real time on a computer. This EEG pattern is then stimulated with responses from the computer such that their moods or their thoughts can be controlled as one These attacks and terrifying. These broadcasts can broadcast fear at the target, as well as making them see adults and children and other negative imagery to stimulate a sense of victimization within the target. Microwave hearing was perfected by Dr. Alan Fry in 1958. This technology is used to, to attack the target with a continuous stream of images, death threats, and negative verbal taunts and that in through all their waking hours. Psychic driving Technologies are terrifying and slowly destroy the consciousness. In effect, a terrifying form of behavior modification and manipulation of the target. If this type of torture was not maddening enough, organized gang stalking is utilized target. My name is Leslie Williams, and I'm at the University of San Diego right now in San Diego, California. I'm a target of organized stalking, which is also known as gang stalking. Electronic harassment, 
remote neural monitoring, remote neural influencing, and remote neural stimulating, and the computer-to-brain link, which is clearly described in the remote neural monitoring file. It is also known as the computer-to-brain feedback loop. I make these videos in order to be able to help people understand this expedition that is going on towards me and hundreds of thousands of Americans and millions worldwide, literally. And the reason why I make these videos is because human life is precious, okay? Um, it has been discovered over me, uh, by me, over time as a result of being a target of this openly for 10 full years now, every single day. I have discovered a lot in reference to who's responsible for these expeditions, who plays a role in it, who plays a role in covering it up and protecting it, and what their motivations and aspirations are, along with their assets and methods. And one of the aspects of one of the things that I have discovered in reference to what I've already stated is who allows it and who protects it and what it is. It's nothing but organized crime within the system and within the community that is connected to it. Um, these individuals have done their homework. And what I mean by that, what I mean by that is that they uh, have literally, uh, it's like an octopus in a way where you got the head and then you got the, the, the eight arms. Each of the arms is tentacled out within the community. And churches, charities, social services, social security, um, uh, the police department, the fire department, and uh, university campuses. Now, I'm going to take a break in my uh, continuation of what I was just stating to give you a hint on how prevalent these expeditions are. Go to Google and type in organized stalking in universities. You'll get over 8 million responses. You're not getting 8 million responses for no reason. And since I got your attention concerning being able to Google specific terms, go to Google and type in gang stalking or organized stalking in libraries. And you'll come to understand the factual realities in reference to, look, if you can get organized stalking achieved and expedited on university campuses and at public libraries, even using library employees, staff on campus, even including campus safety, then you have to automatically, anybody would be able to deduce that there's power positions in play here in order to be able to get these kind of people to engage in these activities. Because there ain't no organized street crime that's got the power to do this by themselves. Because it's got to be protected. Understand uh, what I'm saying in reference to uh, these types of expeditions, uh, who's involved, what their aspirations and motives are, and uh, how prevalent these types of expeditions are going on in each and every community in each state in the United States. My name is Leslie Williams. I'm in San Diego, California. They have me totally isolated in this campaign, and they will use anybody and everybody they can in the community to aid and abet them in boxing me in and entrapping me and to discredit me and possibly to even contain me to keep me from exposing this crime. We're talking about police officers, judges, prosecutors, DA's office. You would not believe what I know. And believe me, social services is also involved in these expeditions. My name is Leslie Williams, and I'm making this video today right, uh, right here on USD campus. And uh, this video is being made for informative purposes, educational purposes. What we have to do is understand how organized stalking is invested within each community. And uh, a good way to understand that is by looking at um, these types of crimes that go on in universities. Okay. And you know, they're connected to organized street crime as well, because it's a syndicate. 
it's flat out a nationwide syndicate. And the thing about it is, is that they got their white blue collar workers and they got uh, connections in all areas of employment in the white and blue collar uh, employment uh, sector. So as a result, whenever a target is picked and flagged for this, these types of expeditions, um, uh, the members that are in the community that are part of the syndicate engage in the protocols and templates of behaviors towards the target whenever a target enters their environment or their area. And they also had the power positions in the community to get innocent people in the community to harass the target based on usually slander and falsified police reports and criminal investigation files, you name it. Now, a lot of that is achieved through community notifications, uh, fake badges, and um, uh, the uh, Prestige is usually connected to a certain employment description, like a police officer or a firefighter or a judge or a lawyer, you know, prosecutor. <clears throat> so the point I'm trying to make here is that um, when you have uh, these criminal expeditions going on towards innocent human beings in which every area of their life is totally destroyed, they stage vehicle accidents, um, we're harassed everywhere we go, and remote neural monitoring is being used towards us and on us. It's done to alter our brains in reference to our brain states. It's done to monitor our book potentials uh, for scrutinizing information so they can use it as an asset for them. And, um, and one of the ways that they use remote neural monitoring is say if a target of, of these expeditions, who I, I believe at least personally, 85% of targets are targets of remote neural monitoring. Gang stalking is alive in this country and the politicians are denying that it exists. There are literally thousands of websites providing information about these crimes. Sites that explain the truth about what's going on. There are many sites that you should go and check out. Go to gangstalkingworld.com, go to Talkover or .com. Go to YouTube and check out Organized Stalking Informer. Are you being stalked, harassed, privacy violated? Is your work, personal life, been sabotaged or ruined and you don't know why? Are you experiencing trouble with your phone, email, and internet services? Are you being denied help from government and civil officials? As many as one person per 100 are being targeted in North America. Any topics get thrown on the list that
tank stalking, I think there's a lot of propaganda going on about tank stalking, trying to justify that it's okay to gang stalk. And it's not okay. It's communism is what it is. There's a lot of uh, places you can go online that will educate you on what gang stalking is. Just Google that word gang stalking and a lot will come up. You can go to YouTube and check out a lot of uh, gang stalking videos there from a lot of people who are gang stalking and uh, a lot of people who are trying to explain it. Gangstalkingworld.com will educate you on a lot of things as well. Best of all, uh, organized stalking informers. That's what I found was the best so far. And so what does this technology do? It literally neurally monitors you from a remote distance. And as a result, they're able to scrutinize what's processed. So if a target thinks to himself, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go to Walmart, they think that to themselves. The computer and the person who's monitoring the monitor ascertains the information, scrutinizes it, and then places the organized stalkers along that target's route to bring any, anywhere between just mild harassment to an incident, which is called the street theater and gang stalking circles, uh, assaults, even rapes, uh, theft, robbery. They even literally will run over a target with a car. My name is Leslie Williams. You know, I expose these crimes to help people understand the factual realities in reference to the nature of these expeditions, the tactics and methods used, so that American citizens can know what's really going on. Um, I'm a good woman. I'm a Christian woman. I don't do anything illegal. I do not do drugs. I do not drink. I do not sleep around. I do not steal. Um, and. Um, you know, I don't hang around anybody at all because you, you, through the stalking, and they like where I'm sitting at right now. If somebody was to walk by me and talk to me, and I decided to talk to them, that, that, that then when that person would stop talking to me and eventually leave, what they would do through the stalking is they see and through the remote neural monitoring, they literally see who I'm talking to. Then what they'll do is have that person walk by me the next day or later on the same day and have that person engage in gang stalking towards me. Yeah, because they want you to feel psychologically undermined. They want you to feel hopeless about your situation, and they want you to feel that no matter who you talk to or where you go, you're going to be harassed and that we're capable of infiltrating any circle. Okay, that's that's part of the reason why the monitoring is done. Okay, uh, again, today's date is May 4, 2012. I'm in San Diego, California, and I am gang stalked on this campus like you would not believe. Now, a lot of the students here are just people that are coming to school to get an education, mind their own business, and go about their lives as it should be. But the rest of them uh, that are involved in these expeditions, some of them are like to, and the other ones just do it because they believe that it's fun. And I try to keep in mind they're, they're, they're people that are, I'm twice their age, so I, I blow most of it off, you know, um, and a lot of them are like to. But here's the thing, though. There's no way that just your low-level street crime, whether it's organized or not, would have the power positions to get a library staff, platform staff, and a circulation staff, and campus safety to also aid in a bed in the gang stalking harassment. That shows you that power positions in the community are allowing it, protecting it, and they play a direct role in making sure that it does not get exposed because it's organized crime in the system, which means police officers, yes, firefighters, and I'm not saying all of them, I'm just saying the connected ones. They use their employment descriptions to aid in the bed in their criminal expeditions. The San Diego police are directly involved in this crime towards me. Physically, literally, and they're not only involved in it, but they allow it and protected. They see that I'm uploading videos of people they're getting to, along my routes to harass me, including on the bus, on the trolley, 
Yeah. And, um, and along my walking routes, including at businesses, and they don't like it because they're being exposed. The people they get to engage in organized talking, I'm taking video pictures of. If any of them are recognized by the public or if this gets out of hand and more undeniable, undisputable proof gets caught and uploaded to YouTube, then what's the San Diego police going to do? Keep denying this is happening towards me? They also had the to say that gang stalking doesn't exist and then they turned around and said it's not a crime in a second breath and in a separate part of the continued conversation and all you got to do is go to youtube and type in gang stalking bullying on steroids and you'll see that it was covered by the chula vista police just on march 11 2011 chula vista police officer he said it's a felony that the gang stalking's been going on forever and then it's even reached out into the cyber world that was a chula vista police officer right on the news broadcast covering it Okay, and these guys are trying to tell me that it's not a crime. Bullshit. Understand this and be clear. They've been caught red-handed, flat-out red-handed, undeniable, undisputable, physical, tangible proof that this crime is occurring, and they know they're involved in it. So the only thing they're doing is allowing it to happen, aiding and abetting in it happening, and then using trying to use some crazy excuse that the, that the target of the crime is mentally ill because that's how they discredit the truth by discrediting the truth teller. Understand this and be clear. Um, I expose this crime so people can look up on the internet what it is. As an example, go to Google and type in organized talk in universities. You will literally understand that Google generates to you 8 million responses. Those amount of Google generated responses are not for no reason. As a result, use the information that you scrutinize from the specific web pages that come up and scrutinize what it is and what happens to us fellow targets. They're into human trafficking, sexual servitude rings, trust fund liquidation, property co-opting, land co-opting, mortgage co-opting. They go after single mothers, single women, people on disability. Understand what's happening towards me and hundreds of thousands of other Americans right now in current time. Community connected to sexual servitude rings, mortgage co-opting, land co-opting, property co-opting, trust fund liquidation. They're in all types of racketeering. They're also into brain entrainment for behavior modification. Remote neural monitoring to stimulate what's entrained. Mind control. It's mind. It's neural enslavement. And I expose these crimes to inform the community at large and to expose the perpetrators involved. The tactic that they're using, they're using the media to get disinformation to you to try and justify why it is that gang stalkers do what they do, why they gang stalk somebody. They want you to believe reasons and excuses like this is why he or she was or is being organized gang stalked to cover themselves so that they can continue to do this to other people. Now, I have said this all along. Had this program been designed to originally track criminals, sexual predators, homicidal maniacs, the streets would be a lot safer place. Does anybody disagree with that? I doubt it. But instead, some perverted criminal 
running some type of sick organization has turned it into a profit hire that we have all paid for with our sanity, our privacy, self-esteem, moral standards, and ethics. I say no more. So when you see disinformation media campaigns, they sound somewhat like this. This is why he or she was or is being organized gang stalked. Be very aware of individuals who say or sell or who say or tell others. This is why he or she was or is being organized gang stalked. These individuals will tell you lies and sell you propaganda, such as he or she became a target because he is a white beater or an abuser, which in 99% of the cases is not the reason. This is known as anchoring, a method of conditioning, and it involves implementing a false motivation and reason for the stalking and harassment. Be aware of individuals who may send you messages asking you to go along with or participate in something against other targets or victims online. This includes these individuals asking you to convey something to another target or victim with the use of keywords, subjects, topics, or numbers. These individuals may tell you anything or ask you to convey something to a target or victim and get others involved. Be aware of that. This is nothing but organized gang stalking with a cult mentality a street theater script carried out over to the internet. Be aware of online infiltrators and comedians that send their post messages to your YouTube channel. They do this as an attempt to distract others. This is why he or she was or is being organized gang soft. Being a target because he's a white beater or is not the reason. This is known as anchoring a method and putting a false motivation and reason for White beating does happen. Domestic disturbances do happen. I was a former army MP. Domestic disturbances was one of the What the set of circumstances? It is that revenge or any kind of justice that we pay lawmakers for. Because of this vigilanteism that is referred to as some type of sick justice, this is what we have. I am a target and victim of organized gang stalking. I was and am still in a similar situation, and this has nothing to do with white beating or abuse. Organized gang stalking is perpetrated against control or revenge. A few years ago, perpetrated against brother taking revenge on me or has something to do with an altercation we had or someone is a couple of months later I heard from a buddy I had not seen in a while that he was told by that I had beaten my wife and that his wife followed and harassed her. Eight years later my wife and I are still living together, never fighting in the but yet this Simple folks, 
these individuals want to piggyback on the other individuals' problems and use resources. They can continue to do this to other people. This trash hasn't even gained full public or media exposure yet, and they are doing anything. Up people and adjust your mind. We can't let these people cover up their terrorism with these excuses so they can continue to do this to other individuals. I'm RT Sterling, Taps TV. What is contained in the following article is the result of assumptions born from the observation of objective historical sources, news, and personal experiences. The gang stalking is a persecutory action organized against target individual. Hey guys, how you doing? This is Rob. A couple of things I wanted to talk to you guys about today. Um, you know, I really want to get this issue of organized gang stalking out of the way. I think it's going to be something that's going to be beneficial. Um, something that'll be uh, something that'll people who maybe in the future come across this. Um, essentially, what gang stalking is is that you have an organization, a group of people who. Threaten, harass, intimidate somebody. Now, it doesn't have to be just one person. It can be two people. It can be a family. But a lot of times, I think we all remember that uh, word click. Like on super duper steroids. Because their involvement has to do with the fact that it's, it's not only directed at you as the person, but it's directed toward your environment. The ones around you. But Kate, perhaps outside or somewhere. Relationships where they attempt to fall. That point is just to destroy you. And a lot of times, you know, well, what's the harm in that? What's the harm in that? The harm is that it takes pieces of you. You know, it takes, you know, I mean, it's mentally taxing, physically taxing, emotionally taxing, socially taxing. It's because it's a constant barrage and there's always somebody there to do this and there's always somebody there and they won't tell you because they don't want to fix anything that you have to offer what they want to do is they want to affect the environment they can speak to everybody but you so that's a that's highly indicative of gang stalking now um i was watching these videos on or Telephone that's that's sort of like um, you remember when you when you actually punch in the numbers you'll actually reach somebody else who's pretending be the company in which you're calling. companies power companies they will infiltrate these organizations in order to get information. 
talking about just to get the name and ID of the person to verify that who you're isolates you from your friends and your family. If you separate basically you know actual threat which is which you you know in order to form a profile about you because without a profile they have nothing to go on to say well you did this you did that you did this you did that and a lot of times these people what they're done you know what happens to them is that they're profiled to be mentally insane so the mentally insane people don't get paid attention to and a lot of times when they complain about this you know you are these instances of uh, you know telephone redirects intimate infiltration things like that it becomes a situation where it, it becomes almost a paranoid schizophrenia. A lot of times that happens to a lot of people and, and a lot of people go through these mental health clinics. Nothing is wrong with them. The other thing is uh, following you wherever you go. Sometimes it's overt. Sometimes they'll all use the same color hats or the same color shoes or the same color backpacks or anything to get you sensitive. Sensitization, they call it. You know, anything to get you sensitive. Now, now let's say, for instance, if I have an iPhone here like this, right? I have an iPhone and I'm holding it in my left hand. And all of a sudden you see somebody going like this with their iPhone passing you. You'll see a whole bunch of different people throwing their iPhone up in the air like this. It's a little odd, but, but uh, this is what they do. What happens is, is that what they do is that they put to in situations that know that that to see what happens. This is our photos of you, videos of you. Um, you know, they, they make some statements to your family and friends and, and swear them to secrecy and fake gag orders that they shouldn't tell anybody, you know, what you're doing because of the fact that it's highly secret and it's something that could be considered uh, very damaging if they looked is not correct needs to be corrected and after all they love you and they want to see you get better therefore you know yada 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 you know well and a lot of times um what they'll use is that they'll use uh, either the police firemen ambulance workers doctors all to give themselves an illusion of power those are very high sought after and highly uh you know respected Positions. They'll use these for legitimacy and power and more believability because, let's face it, you know, sometimes there's strength in numbers. Call, you know, to get you sensitive again to a stimulant. Or does 
the whole uh, targeted harassment. Um, it's also something else called a noise harassment, where they will drive the cars speeding. They will, uh, you know, peel out the tires. They'll, uh, you know, rev their engines. They're, uh, you know, anything to evoke a sense of urgency, which, let's face it, if we ever heard a car squeal, you know, it kind of gets us nervous because we think of our own cars maybe about to crash into a pole or something, you know, so, you know, so that evokes a, you know, you know, very guarded and very visceral response, you know, but this is what they do as also something which is. This thing called electronic harassment. Electronic harassment is the use of technology in order to harass somebody. Now you say, okay, well, how can technology be used to harass somebody? Well, there's um, uh, there are devices that uh, that generate a the house. There are devices which um, you know directed energy weapons, which do exist. I mean, all you have to do is just go on YouTube here, and you can see them in action. Um, you know, these EMF weapons and how they get shocked and things like that, and it's just really, 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 really sad you know uh it's, it's it's terrible you know again i mean people that who make these by invisible run head-ons into a skeptical it's a frame You know, because there's no evidence that you know about it. You know, attention illegally, electronically, violates laws, stalking laws that they have not successfully uh, press charges against somebody for actually doing these things. Because let's face it, you know, especially if they're using weapons, I mean, these things can be used to kill, very uncomfortable. And let's face it, weapons, the word says it right there. So, anyway, again, this is a solicitation, but Gang Stalking World is another great one. It's a really, really, really good website. That's full of points of. It's something that, uh, you know, that unfortunately happens in America. And, and so effectively that people just get overwhelmed. And you see these reports becoming so overwhelmed, not being able to, not being able to do anything because of the fact that they're just frozen, because it pervades all aspects. Even their families are affected, threatened, brassed, annoyed. And we're talking about real threats, not implied threats. And you know, it's out there. So I just wanna just share this with you guys and hopefully you guys get a good uh, perspective on this and hopefully it doesn't happen to anybody. But at least now knowledge is power and you know the fact that, you know, that, that as long as you know this, that you can recognize this and that you can document it properly and and just get your wits together because you can honestly make a difference and get this stopped because you know it's very close in the future. Take care, guys. Here you go.
Hello, everyone. Welcome to Hyperspace on the Dark Matter Radio Network. I'm your host, Alaris Blue Raven. I want to thank everybody for tuning in this evening, and a special thank you to webmaster and producer Keith Rowland. And my special guest this evening is Dr. John Hall. And Dr. John Hall is a medical doctor in San Antonio, Texas, specializing in anesthesiology, pain management, and stem cell therapy. North American Neuromodulation Society, Mind Science Foundation, and an associate expert with Bioethics Beyond Borders. He has authored two books dealing with non-consent. His first, A New Breed, Satellite Terrorism in America, is currently being put into film and his second, Technologies of Control, recently released. In times of universal deceit, telling the truth becomes a revolutionary act. Well said indeed. And it is with great honor and appreciation I welcome Dr. John Hall to the show this evening. Hi, John. Hey, Solaris. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing tonight? Oh, pretty good. Uh, I'm just glad to finally be doing a radio show at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time instead of 3 in the morning. Well, all right. Yay. And we're, we're very bored with us. And of course, I know you're on, you're actually working off the set. You're filming right now. Is yeah. Yeah. We're, okay. yeah. We've actually been doing some filming and getting a trailer done on the book. So, okay. Let's talk just a little bit about that for our listeners who are not familiar with your research. Um, please let everybody know what you've been involved with and how you got involved in the film. I believe it's called Targeted. Yeah. Okay. Well, the, the targeted is based on um, based on my first book, A New Breed: Satellite Terrorism in America. Uh, for those who, who have never heard of me or don't know, that I found it became targeted with electronic harassment um, and covert technologies that typically are for warfare. Um, and she came to me with a really odd story that uh, she was being attacked with directed energy, was being stalked by people that she didn't know. Um, they were full spectrum type surveillance. You know, people were following her to work, you know, staying around her house, staying close, and that she was hearing the voices of the people mental illness problems. So gave her the benefit of the doubt and having known something about recognized kind of the symptoms that she was telling me. So given the benefit of the doubt surveillance and we wired her house for sound. Um, no video, unfortunately. I, I wish she had allowed that because it would have probably got the perpetrators arrested, but we did have uh, audio recording systems uh, in her condo. And indeed, well, FBI and working as a private investigator and technology that uh, for, to those that have never heard about it is going to sound like science fiction, but technology that's designed to interact with the human nervous system, specifically the brain, 
uh, that's used to track you and um, alter or heterodyne your EEG to make you symptomatic for various emotions or illnesses. Um, and we did find out there are counter surveillance that it indeed was this individual um, seemed to be protected by the government and by the um, Texas Department of Public Safety who licenses private investigators in Texas. So once seeing that we weren't gonna be able to get this guy behind bars for not only targeting and stalking her, but for drugging her with rohypnol and physically raping her, that uh, decided the next best thing was to write a book and change the names uh, since I couldn't get them behind bars uh, and wrote the book and then Immediately after the book released, and I started doing some radio shows like yours, uh, immediately was bombarded with emails from people all across the globe complaining of exactly the same thing. And, and I don't mean I mean exactly the same situations, the exact same methodologies with the targeting, exact same methodologies with the technology. Um, so it came to light pretty quickly that this was a you know a global thing and especially bad in the united states mm-hmm. so you know and that was the main reason the book was written to expose that the technology was now being used on the public and not just in the field of war absolutely and i applaud you for doing this by the way i realize you know you put yourself on the line by doing that as a doctor and we all appreciate you doing this um i also wanted to go into the eeg heterodyning and cloning now it's my impression that they're actually um they're actually trying to map, uh, say, a schizophrenic brainwave pattern onto a target and create this this false uh, brain um, kind of an interface. What is your definition of that? Well, I mean, the, the EEG heterodyning is, is kind of the way the whole thing is done. Actually, the targeting and the tracking is um, by receiving the EEG, and everybody's EEG is different. Um, now, a lot of people may have gone and had an EEG done by a neurologist. That is a very archaic form of, of EEG monitoring that, that, unfortunately, we still have to use medically when there's much better monitoring available through the government. But um, everybody's is different. So your EEG as an individual is kind of like your fingerprint, and that's actually, we call it brain fingerprinting because it's it's different from individual to individual. However, there are certain waveforms uh, and certain rhythms that you can give to the EEG that will, that will cause agitation or schizophrenic-like symptoms or uh, depression or anger or rage and what you do is actually take that person's EEG and then you heterodyne it or you encode it with the correct rhythms that will cause whatever the desired emotion is that you're wanting to cause and then you transmit it back to that person and they were entrained that EEG the modified EEG until it actually starts activating in their own brain and then they will display those emotions or twitching or heart rate or you know whatever you want to do i mean the brain controls everything <laughs> so you know so once it's heterodyned and re-entrained then you will display those symptoms but one thing i would like to be clear on too is we've also found that just being under the electromagnetic monitoring itself just being barded being bombarded with electromagnetic fields increases your dopamine levels and hypothesis was thought to be the cause of, of of real schizophrenia i mean schizophrenia does exist so uh, it was noticed that true schizophrenics most of them did have elevated dopamine levels so the medications that were invented to treat schizophrenia most of them down regulate dopamine receptors or lower dopamine levels so 
and that's the same thing we see with, with chronic exposure to electromagnetic fields, is you'll have a transient response of elevated dopamine before your receptors finally downregulate and the dopamine levels start to drop. And interestingly enough, that coincides with a very schizophrenic appearance in targeted individuals. You can tell when they're, when they're first being targeted, when the targeting's real early and their dopamine hasn't downregulated, that's when they're, you know, they're wide-eyed and everybody's a part of it and their family's a part of it and every car that drives by is a part of it, you know, and they're hypervigilant and, and they do have a schizophrenic look because of the elevated dopamine. And, you know, several months passes as the dopamine receptors downregulate and then they'll be able to look at things more methodically and more logically and, and they're certainly a lot easier to work with because they can, you can see, well, yeah, not, not every car is following me and not every person is a part of it and my family's probably not a part of it in most cases. Uh, you know, so it is kind of a twofold thing that causes that look. Right. And are the symptoms permanent after a target's been heterodyne? Can they disable this technology or the effects of the to a, a target? Yeah, and actually, the the way it it works is you they're basically shooting two dissimilar frequencies. At least the way you know we we postulate that it works, and I've done a lot of regard uh, is. A branch off of Malik's uh, early research. If you bombard the brain with two dissimilar frequencies, one hemisphere will entrain one frequency, the other hemisphere entrains the other frequency. They compete with each other, and they cause an interference frequency. And the the EEG can be received and decoded out of that interference frequency. That's what's heterodyned and then sent back. So one of the things that we've had a lot of success working with, and I mentioned this in Guinea Pigs, the book, um, is, is using binaural beats to resynchronize the EEG because they they depend on the EEG. The frequency interference wave to stop their EEG out of it, and uh, that may be in order to, to keep it from coming back and or hopefully just make it make yourself a too hard of a target for them to continue pursuing and, right. and that's actually and actually a, a trademark of mine one of the things that came out with guinea pigs was some shirts that have a big target sign on that says hard target Excellent. that's really your best defense is making yourself a hard target right yeah don't make it easy for them i agree with that so do you actually do this type of procedure yourself or do you just is it a machine people can hook up to for the uh the balancing of the hemispheres or yeah, actually, actually, the way we do it is, you know, some people have the innate ability, you know, to do that through meditation. Um, and I guess basically what it allows you to do is not focus on the communications because, you know, most of these victims have voice to skull. You know, they're hearing the voices of the perpetrators that attack them. And that's done for a very specific reason. You know, that is is not necessarily done to harass you. It's done to entrain you. Because as long as, long as they keep you focusing on him and you're answering back, you know, Correct. and you're answering, answering, keeps you entrained. And that's why they. And it's.
an apparatus to stop responding and phase ways because they can't argue and most of even tell you conversation it's not time somebody on them instead of what you're hearing through synthetic telepathy <laughs> and so they're not able to target you at those moments it's not that they're trying to listen they don't have to, to listen to your spoken word because they're hearing your thoughts <laughs> but it, it's not because they're focusing on what you're saying it's because your your EEG changes whenever you focus on something and uh, a well-known victim that I've that I've worked with and I, I can't say his name but and we had a long talk about this, and he said, you know what, John? He said, you know, you're right, because I've taken up painting. And when I paint, I'm very focused when I paint. And he said, I've noticed that they leave me alone when I'm painting. And I said, yeah, that's because they can't target you, because you have a normal EEG when you're focusing both hemispheres on something. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. And also, there is a lot of talk, and I, I mean, you're, you're talking to someone who's actually been pulled into a program like that in 2004. So I'm very clear on the synthetic telepathy and what they do. And my question to you is, with all the technology, and I know that the military, you touched on this in your book, your new book, Guinea Pigs, the military has been working with artificial intelligence and synthetic telepathy, supposedly, and, and kind of working with their personnel and, and training them. So what, what happens is, in my opinion, don't you think that would be a permanent kind of a nano entrainment or interface where the neurons actually become a hybridization of the technology and you can't disable it? Well, so far, that's, that's not what we've seen. I mean, that's ultimately okay. what, they, what they would like to do. And they may, they may be doing that with people that are actually, you know, hired by the government. If, they're, if you're a contractor or you're a CIA guy or an NSA guy, uh, they may actually have figured out a way to do that. You know, so with, uh, with most of the victims, we found that uh, if they can't do it innately, you know, by just stopping the entrainment on their own, what we've been doing is uh, using a binaural beat program uh, at night. You know, the brain opens up during during REM sleep and, and, and during deep delta sleep. And that's the reason uh, most of these victims will tell you when they're, you know, when they have go to sleep, when they are allowed to sleep, they have really wicked nightmares, vivid, wicked nightmares. And that's that's due to exposure to heavy electromagnetic fields mm -hmm. uh, and and some extent you know, of them actually mining data from your brain or, or downloading historical information from your brain while you're asleep. Right. And one of the ways we found that for people who just absolutely can't stop listening or stop responding is we'll put earphones in them and use a binaural beat program um, through earphones, one in each ear. So you're actually in training, you know, each hemisphere of the brain with a binaural beat pr program, usually at a, at a Schumann resonance, which is normal. Um, and do it that way. Um, and the, the couple that I really like, uh, Brainwaves uh, by Bonsai Labs for Apple products is very easy to use and has some really good background sounds that you can put with the binaural beats. Um, and the other one that's 
a little a little harder to use unless you're really a whiz at computers. But I mean, most I guess most people are you know I'm a little older, but most people probably are a, a little better at computers than me. But it's called Neuro Programmer Three, uh, and it's free from a lot of sites, and you can actually use it on a laptop, and it has a really good deprogramming uh, program on it. Excellent. Well, this is such good news. You know, a lot of targeted individuals think that this is a permanent thing, and and what you're really saying is it's not permanent. There is a way to to create an alternative and actually disable this thing. Yeah, so far it's worked pretty well. Now, I mean, you know, of course, at the same time, we're working on ways to defeat this and to fight it. You know, the powers that be are awake working make, working on ways to make it better. Correct. You know, so um, it'll be an ongoing fight. And um, and that's why I've actually kind of started to focus a lot more of my, my time on actually exposing it completely to non-targets. Uh, because, you know, with most of these targeted individuals, you know, it's you know the targeting is bad enough but the psychiatric diagnosis that often comes with them uh, is even more damning it, it's basically a second victimization right so um, one of the ways to avoid that and to change that is to expose the technology to the public worldwide and once everybody actually knows this should exist and believes that it exists it's going to be hard to make it work because you know most of the targets will tell you one of the things that they really try the hardest to do is get you diagnosed as mentally ill you know they that has to happen i mean the main thing that they're seeking when you get targeted is to get your family members to park you in front of a psychiatrist who's not going to look at your research who's not going to look on the internet who's not going to see that this is happening to 300,000 people in the u.s and more globally he's going to be focused on making you fit within the dsm-5 to give you a diagnosis and put you on a med and those meds aren't going to work because they don't work for targeting. They right. do work for true. They do work for true mental illness. They do, do not work for targeting. Awesome. Um, and so Dr. Hall, I just want to make sure. Could you just speak up just a little bit more so we can get a little bit sure. of you? Thank you. I appreciate that. Okay. So I mean that. So that's kind of what we're working on now. Is just you know if we can get everybody to understand this and get the public to accept the fact that it exists then, you know, when someone comes to their parents or their wife or their husband and says, you know what, I think I'm being targeted by this, I am hearing voices and I am being attacked with directed energy, then they're not going to be drug off to a, a psychiatrist who's going to die mentally ill. You know, they're going to be talking to somebody who's also heard about it or seen about it. Um, and, and that's one of the reasons that it, rather than doing a documentary that we decided to do a drama based on a true story. Mm -hmm. Because more people are likely to go see it, more non-targets are more likely to go see, you know, a drama based on a true story at the theaters. Um, if we did a documentary on it, you know, certainly we would get most of the TI community to see a documentary. But that's not necessarily the people we need to educate about it. So Exactly. You know, what really needs to happen also is accountability. I mean, these, these departments need to be accountable for this type of what I would call a, to me, it's a war crime, if you ask me. Now, you mentioned something about nightmares and how they're um, inserting. Well, I didn't say they were, but I, I suspect they're inserting memories and removing memories because with this comes the manipulation of, of whatever is going in there and the database of the mind. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, and, and actually that's been done for a long time, and that's actually been done through trauma conditioning. And, um, you know, the, there's a group of psychiatrists that actually formed the False Memory Foundation a long time ago, if that tells you something. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and according to them, you know, they were that was an organization that was set up to help fight false memories that are being implanted by, you know, psycho hypnotist 
you know, that are doing hypnosis-based psychology in, in the, on people, but uh, it just turns out that several of the people in the False Memory Foundation that headed it up were also MKUltra. Uh, supervisors so um you know that the false memory foundation is actually and it's a true psychiatric organization that's actually you know respected and, and recognized by the american board of psychiatry and yeah it started out with mk ultra subcontractors and was actually an apologist group initially you know to explain away mk ultra and voice to skull and, and everything else that they're using that makes people look mentally ill so um it's funny you would you would bring that up because um, that is done intentionally, you sure. know, and, and there are a lot of targets that actually are uploaded with false memories, and I see that quite a bit because I'm I've, I've interact with a lot of target individuals and, and talked to a lot of target individuals, and I've talked to the same people now for years, where you know I kind of know their real history and their original story, and then I'll see it kind of periodically change when you know maybe you know somebody you know. 30 years old will tell me about their experiences in World War II or, you know, just, you know, a memory that there's no way they would have. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. It, it strikes me as basically they're creating alters in the entrainment. It sounds like it anyway. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And, um, you know, luckily we're finally starting to get some people in the psychiatric field that are addressing it now, too. You know, when, you know, like I've said, to, you know, some of the other medical doctors that I've worked with before, you know, if, if I had one or two people that came to me complaining of this and, and were hearing voices and felt like they were being stalked, you know, even I as a physician would probably say, you know what, this, this sure sounds like schizophrenia or paranoid schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. When you have 60 people in one town all hearing the same voice and experiencing the same attacks and when you have 300,000 people across the, the nation methodically you know, explaining the describing the exact same thing happening to them as a physician or a scientist you've got to look at that and go okay this isn't mental illness you know this isn't somebody hearing God or hearing an angel or hearing garbled you know voices in a subway this is somebody hearing a voice accurately describe their whereabouts in the room and accurately describe how they're attacking them with directed energy so uh and it is finally starting to, to come around you know 10 years ago or longer i guess when i you know first kind of dove into this you know there wasn't much out there was a handful of people talking about it on the internet and and most of them were kind of seen as crackpots or you know berated uh, for their websites but you know since the book came out and you know when we finally started getting uh, anti-chipping legislation in with a lot of the states and dr terry robertson was instrumental in working with me uh, in missouri to get one of the first bills passed against human microchipping through uh, representative jim guest um and then Snowden came out with some of his documents saying, hey, you know, you know, these tinfoil hat wearing people have been talking about having their emails stolen and their computers hacked for, you know, 15 years now. And we're called the tinfoil hat people. Well, guess what? Snowden just came out with documents that indeed, you know, substantiates what they've been saying for all this time. So we're slowly kind of inching our way toward exposure. And once enough of the public actually believes this and, and knows that it's happening, then that's when we'll have that actually enough people in mass to have another Rockefeller commission, you know, to, to have congressional exposure and to subpoena the records from the CIA and the NSA. Mm -hmm. Exactly. We certainly need that without a doubt. Well, it's, it's a remote brain hack is what it is. I mean, 
you're dealing with somebody who's remotely accessing the brain. My question to you also, I'm coming from my own personal experience, and I'll send you my documentary if you like it, but but have you ever come across people who've actually had anomaly signals that actually move to music and rhythms, <clears throat> excuse me, which are not necessarily connected to the um, heterodyning, but actually another type of uh, exotic technology? Yeah, I've, I've heard a little bit about that, okay. I mean, I, and, I've, and I've had people talk about it, um, you know, and, and I'm, I'm not real certain that that's completely foreign to the to the heterodyning. But now, are you talking about actually, you know, like turning on the TV and, and having signals actually broadcast through the TV? Um, it, it picks up on a rhythm. It picks up on rhythms, yeah. but it also can in, interact with um, elements outside, like the wind, um, anything around it, environmental. Um, propulsion systems are really big. When I was first inducted, just to give you a brief example, they actually um, you could actually feel my energy field and this propulsion inside um, amping up with the plane and also motorcycles also. So this is what I'm talking about. This is the kind of manipulative technology, which is really a weaponization in some form of design that's designed to harm the, the person, the target. Oh yeah, well it, it is completely a weapon system. You know, yeah. uh, but when I wrote the first book, I actually had several friends still currently working in the CIA uh, and were forthright with me. Because believe it or not, not everybody in the government's exactly for this. Uh, you know, a lot of people can't come forward because they don't want to spend the rest of their days in prison for coming forward. Mm -hmm. But you know, the the two CIA friends that I did talk to, uh, they they forthright admitted that we had the technology, uh, and as it was described to me, said. Well, you know, this is a weapon of war for use abroad. And I said, well, it's being used experimentally on people here, and you know, my fiance is one of them. Um, so, you know, what I what I wrote a new breed with, and what I wrote guinea pigs with, is actually inside information. So there are people on the inside that are sympathetic to the cause, but you know, for them to actually come out and just break it wide open would be considered treason, uh, and they would either be going to prison or moving to Russia with Edward Snowden, which most of them don't want to do. Mm -hmm. Right. That makes sense. Well, yeah, uh, it's insidious without a doubt. And I can tell you, it destroys people's lives. Um, I do know from my own research that people used to come to me and, and I can give you an example of, of somebody who was actually into what they call a forced suicide program where the, where the communication was just completely taking them down to a point where he actually committed suicide. So, um, you know, I'm sure I don't have to tell you this. I, I'm sure you're aware that what it does to people. Well, and, and, and that's the reason, and I'm not trying to sound callous because it's horrible that people are being driven to that, but the rules of engagement with this technology are that, that once they once you're reeled into the program, whether it's randomly or whether you're a, a whistleblower, most of the time there's no reason you're inducted into the program. You're strictly a guinea pig, which is why I, I titled the book that, um, because most people, if you talk to them, they're, they're not political radicals, they're not political leaders, they're, they're they're not CEOs of companies. They're everyday people. You know, they're doctors, lawyers, housewives, unemployed, truck drivers, nurses. I mean, they're, you know, they're every, everyday people trying to make it. They really don't have political aspirations. <laughs> and um, that um, they're in, inducted into the system as a, as a guinea pig for eventually to be able to use it probably globally on everyone. So, um, but the rules of engagement are such that from what i've been told uh you got to remember i i actually counter surveilled the group here I, I know who they are completely and and actually have the opportunities to actually watch the way they do it from gang stalking on up to the electronic harassment part of it that the rules of engagement coming from the top are that once you induct somebody into the system whether you continue attacking them or not is up to them kind of but they do have to be watched for the remainder of their natural life and that's because because they're afraid of somebody.
eventually finding the proof or finding a way to actually bring it to law enforcement or find ethical law enforcement that will bring it down. So um, the, the way around that, if they don't have the manpower to watch that target or get bored with watching that target, then typically what they do is ramp up the targeting to the point hoping that that target will take his, his or her own life. Mm-hmm. Right. Makes perfect sense. Well, like I said before, this is totally a war crime, if you ask me. And, and I, I understand the battlefield, and I, I get the part where, yes, this would help remotely or synthetic telepathy on a, in a situation of war. But literally with civilians, I think that's a different animal altogether and, and, and not appropriate. So I, once again, I do appreciate what you're doing. And, and it does sound like you do have solutions, which is huge. And, and that means a lot. Um, I think disabling the signals that they create is, is one of the things that I'm sure you're probably involved in. I'll talk to you off air about it if I can. Because that's huge, and that needs to happen. You know, so yeah, and then you know, like and like I said, we're going to need more people than just the targeted individuals actually clamoring to the government for exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not enough targeted individuals as a collective mass to to really get the attention of Congress and the attention of the government we need, at least short of you know, spending several million dollars on a lobbyist. But, you know, once we expose this to where most of the public understands that it exists, you know, when, you know, when the non-targeted individuals, just the normal everyday you guys and girls, you know, understand that, yeah, when you go to church and you're praying, the government's listening to your thoughts and listening to your prayers, not just God. Um, it, yeah, it's so sociological altering to our society and to humanity that there will be a public outcry for exposure and for termination. Um, you know, now, you know, expecting them to have spent billions of dollars on this technology and then all of a sudden it's going to go away. Um, I, I wouldn't expect that. I mean, it'll still be here in some form, whether it's to be used on dissidents or be used in a field of war. But, um, but you're right. We do need to, to stop the experimentation on, on innocent citizens. And that's why I went to the bioethics commissions and spoke to the bioethics commission that Obama stated, because believe it or not, there's really no law against experimenting on the public. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten to some heated debates with, with targeted individuals online about this. They're like, well, there's the Nuremberg code and there's the, you know, the Helsinki accord. And I'm like, not laws. They're not laws. You know, those are, are recommendations. Um, you know, they're ethical guidelines, but they are not federal law. And John Glenn actually tried to pass a bill through Congress years ago, making informed consent vital and a necessity for any type of experimentation that is sponsored by the government on the public. And the Congress shot it down. Unbelievable. You know, when you're messing with people's brains and their minds, I think that, you know, it's a violation to me of the soul, in my opinion. And of course, it reminds me of the transhumanism agenda, and I'm sure you're familiar with that. And it takes on the realm of an electronic god. I mean, literally. So very scary stuff and the illusion of, of fear. I mean, literally. Oh, well, and, and, and or what uh, what uh, Dr. Robert Duncan describes as the high mind, right? You know, where essentially you're turning humanity into the Borg, uh, you know, from the, the Star Trek, you know, series, you know, where basically we'll all kind of think on the same wavelength when, you know, sure, there's a lot of people that think different from me and there's a lot of people I may disagree with, but that's fundamental to humanity. 
you know, it's fundamental to society to have different viewpoints and different, you know, different attitudes on things. Right. You know, do you want a society where we're a bunch of bees, you know, flying out to the flowers and doing the wiggle dance to get back and making the honey in the hive, you know, where there's no individuality. And, right. and I don't think any of us want to live that way. No, not at all. I mean, I call it soul torturing because you're dealing with something very sacred like the soul, you know, consciousness, whatever you want to define it as. That's a sacred temple, and they're violating that with this, this misuse of technology. So, yeah, it's it's horrific, and I, I mean, yeah, I can't begin to tell you. Well, I know you know, so um, I hope that people do stand up and, and are counted. Um, people who have not been touched with this technology and really start to pay attention and, and get educated. And also what really concerns me is the psychiatric divisions. I mean, these are people that either they're in denial or, or what, what's going on with these people? Why would they just assume and not even try to investigate the aspect of having a, a covert technological hardware deployed on a target? Well, and if, you know, I, I dedicate an entire chapter in guinea pigs to psychiatry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tell you the problem with psychiatry in this country, country, for one, is the residency programs in psychiatry, for the most part, are funded by pharmaceutical companies. So the goal of any psychiatrist is mostly, mostly to rope you into some form of medication treatment. It's big money. Uh, If you noticed in the DSM-5, which was recently released, they lowered the cutoffs to diagnose you with just about everything in the DSM-5. As a matter of fact, except for massive public outcry by physicians themselves, they actually had at-risk behaviors uh, in the DSM-5. M5 as worthy of being diagnosed and treated, which means if you know your mom had schizophrenia, that they're going to go ahead and say you're at risk for schizophrenia, and and it will give them the ability to diagnose you with a disorder and treat you. Uh, if you have sex more than three times a week, you've got an obsessive compulsive disorder and a reason to uh, treat you. If you're eating the same food more than three times a week, I mean they really lowered the standards where they can rope in just about everybody into a psychiatric diagnosis. And there's no mystery to that. And you have to remember that if you look at the beginnings of this program, and this is an extension of MKUltra. For those who don't know what MKUltra is, it started in the late 50s. It was, you know, a a bunch of sub-projects sponsored by the CIA specifically to look how to remotely control human beings through radio frequency, through trauma conditioning, through drugging, um, you know, through behavioral conditioning. I mean, they didn't leave anything out. If you look at these sub-projects, they covered every single basis there is for remotely controlling a human being. And they studied everything from childhood behavior to elderly behavior. And this is a continuation of MKUltra. And every one of those MKUltra subprojects were headed up by a psychiatrist. So there is no mistake why this targeting so closely resembles schizophrenia or is diagnosed as delusional disorder because it was designed by psychiatrists. It's meant to do that. It's, it's meant to mimic that because the minute you go around telling everybody you're chipped or telling everybody you're hearing voices, we've already been ingrained as a society to accept the fact that if someone is hearing voices, that they're they're mentally insane. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And who are these people deploying these projects? I know from my own personal experience, the guy that inducted me was actually um, a private investigator who had access to the technology. So I know you mentioned this, which is really interesting. But, but who are these people and what is their clearance? I mean, what, what's going on here? Uh, who do they work for? 
Well, the, the, the best way to explain it, and I've done a, a really poor job of explaining this, so I'm going to actually try to do it really well on your show. Okay. Um, the, the technology is classified still. It, it has to come from a government agency, that being the DOD, the CIA, or the NSA, or whatever other alphabet agency you might be able to find, a clandestine service. Um, but after MKUltra and after the Rockefeller Commission, when the financial records were found and the Rockefeller Commission happened and all of some of these horrible subprojects of MKUltra came to light, they had to figure out a way to bury things a little bit deeper. It couldn't be the, the government's direct hand in doing any of their continuing research. I mean, they even at that time, they thought they were covered pretty well because most of the research was done through front companies and through universities, the Human Ecology Fund, through several false organizations. It sounded like humanitarian organizations, uh, or they created um, groups because it's one thing to experiment on individuals, but when you're using this technology, you have to experiment on groups too. So they created the Heaven's Gate you know, people, the cult. They created the James, Jim Jones cult in Guyana that all died from suicide. All of those had CIA fingers and CIA hands in their creation. And that was so they had a group of people to experiment on uh, who were expendable by the way. Um, you know, so if you look at that, the technology comes from the government it, and it comes from specific agencies, but it's been after the Rockefeller Commission to bury it a little deeper into society and make it a little harder to find out that the government's doing it. What they've done is released it to former members of the FBI and former members of the CIA, who in most instances, in most major cities, are working as private investigators. And if you look at who they hire, they typically hire mostly family members, at least that have ability to access the electronic part of it and then they'll hire street thugs and people with criminal records to do the breaking and entering and do the stalking because they can turn the technology on that person and make them look crazy in a heartbeat and have them right back in jail so those people tend to be very faithful employees you know to these perp groups <laughs> so you know so so you're you're right it is it's classified technology but it's in the hands of essentially subcontractors now who are made up of former government people that do still do have clearances and i go over this in guinea pigs we've got more people running around in public with clearances now who don't actually work for the government than ever before uh, and a lot of it is because of these people that are situated in every major city doing this experimentation right well everything's been federalized to some degree now my question also is what about law enforcement are there some with a specific clearance that would have access to the technology to say gang stalk or harass somebody locally well, I can tell you, based on the research that we've done in San Antonio and the counter surveillance I did here, local law enforcement, for the most part, is just ignorant of the technology. you got to remember, you know, it, it doesn't take much to get on local law enforcement. I mean, they, at least you know, it, until recently, you didn't even have to have a degree to become a cop in San Antonio. Uh, you still don't in New Orleans, I don't think. But, uh, you know, most local law enforcement officials are, are, are not highly educated people. Uh, and I don't mean that demeaningly because I have a very good relationship with the San Antonio Police Department. But, you know, you're not talking about rocket scientists or quantum physicists, you know, that go into to law enforcement for the most part. Um, it, from what I've seen, there's not a lot of infiltration uh, into law 
the local law enforcement groups. The, the main reason being is they have they have families and, and kids and wives and relatives and, and people that live in their hometowns. They work locally. Um, now, that's not saying that they, they won't enlist the help of some corrupt officers. They certainly do that. Uh, and I know here in San Antonio, the group here did have its handful of corrupt officers where if a call came in that, you know, you were complaining about wanting one of them stalking, you know, they would a lot of times make sure to have one of their guys on the take, you know, somewhere within, you know, within radio shot of being able to come and take that call. So somebody legitimate didn't come take the call. But um, it, actually, one of the, the happiest nights I ever had, I, I had a, a victim here in San Antonio that actually called our sheriff's department. And she was experiencing attack and, and hearing the voices and was having electrical disturbances in her apartment. And for the first time in history, I actually had a Bear County Sheriff's deputy actually came to her house. She explained what was going on. And rather than him recommending a psychiatrist, he said, you know what you have going on sounds like electronic harassment, and I don't know how to help you. Oh, uh, that's wonderful. Yeah, I mean, which is, I mean, which is an honest answer. Oh, yeah, but it's so good. That's refreshing. My goodness. Good for him. Yeah, it, it, yeah it's the first time I've heard that. You know, now in California, if that happened, she would have got a 5150 uh, and been taken to, you know, the, the local hospital for an evaluation. Now, on an on a even brighter note than that, um, through ISACT and uh, Jesse Beltran and I and, and working through the International uh, Center uh, Against Covert Technologies, um, we're actually working with a couple of cities in California now that have been bombarded with so many complaints of this type of targeting that they actually kind of came to us through the help of some of the members of ISACT and said, yeah, we want to sit down with you guys because obviously there's, there's something going on, and we are working with a couple of, of cities there now to um, basically, you know, have a dialogue between us and the police department and the, the mayor's office. So when these people do call and complain and the police show up, that they know a little bit better how to deal with it. So it's educational efforts for their, their PD. But not only that, um, where we have a list of, of places when, especially if it's targets that are unknown to us, because there's new people every day that are reporting this, they can come and they can say, I don't, I don't fully understand what you're going through, but I have heard about it. Here's who you need to call and then hand those people over to, to act or any, any one of the other humanitarian groups dealing with electronic harassment. So they have somebody to talk to and help understand the technology and not get roped into a 5150. Right. So. That's huge. Yeah. Education is, is critical at this point. And I would say, I don't, I've heard someone actually mention that tasers could be a possibility to disengage the, uh, the communication, I, I wouldn't suggest that and I wouldn't promote it. And what is your take on that? Well, those are the people that are assuming that it's all, you mean tasing yourself, right? Right. Yeah. 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 Th those are the people that are assuming that it's all being done because you're being tracked with a chip. <laughs> and, um, you know, I've looked at thousands of MRIs and CTs and, you know, between ISAC and myself, we've, we've scanned a lot of people. Uh, and I, and I don't know if I keep, I mentioned ISAC and I don't know how many of your listeners have heard about ISAC. I sit on their board. Uh, it's an organization that was started by Jesse Beltran and it specifically deals with this type of targeting. And it is the international center against the abuse of covert technologies and it's a dot org <clears throat> and, uh, 
and, and Jesse actually came to me, was interested in the technology and how you scan for it. And he had his own personal reasons that I can't get into to be interested in it. But I showed him the methods that I use to actually scan people, uh, you know, for implants. Uh, and he kind of took it the next step further and, and formed ISAC. And I joined in with him. And so, and that's kind of our scientific arm where we do a lot of our research and certainly, you know, interact with Europe, uh, which is actually taking this a lot further than America is as far as stopping it but um you know the people that are that are claiming tasing themselves are kind of dependent on the fact that their targeting is secondary to some form of implantation uh, and that running a current through your body is going to actually you know hopefully fry the circuitry or somehow disable the the chipping um based on what i've seen the research that i've done and that duncan's done most of it done with chipping um and i know i talk to victims all the time and they'll say well my you know my leg you know shakes and i know there's a chip in my leg and i'm seeing things so i know there's a chip in my eye and i'm thinking weird things so i know there's a chip in my brain and i'm hearing things so there's got to be auditory chips yeah. If you are chipped, it's strictly to track you. The rest of the constellation of symptoms actually come from an RF-based and, you know, scalar-based weapon system. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they would only need to chip you once. You know, right. it, it's not chips that are actually activating your limbs or activating the senses to act up. As a matter of fact, I can put you on an MRI and, and give you a lot of the same effects that you get just from chronic exposure to targeting. Um, and one of the things that a lot of targeted individuals complain about is streaks of light when they try to sleep. When you close your eyes, you see these this uh, basically a firework show or a lightning show of, of streaking light with your eyes closed. And those are called magnetophosphines. And those are symptomatic of the brain being bombarded with electromagnetic field. And we see the same effect in a, in a uh, MRI. <laughs> when you MRI the brain, most people will report, man, when I close my eyes during that MRI, it looked like a firework show going off. And that's the electromagnetic fields actually activating the optic nerve. So you don't have to have a chip there to do that. You can do that remotely, and we've done it remotely for a long time. Mm -hmm. And when you say you scan for their implants, you're using an MRI system and a CT scan, is that correct? Well, t typically, and that's the other thing. Um, really, if you're going to scan for implants, if you're if, if you suspect you've been implanted, um, it, typically it's best to have a radio frequency scan first. Mm -hmm. right. um, and once you scan for RF, if you do have some hot spots where it looks like you're either transmitting or receiving, and that's the key with with RF scanning. Just because you're hot in an area and the 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 scanner goes off, doesn't mean that signal's transmitting. It can be incoming as well <laughs> and um, once you find those hot spots then you kind of target those areas where you're positive on scan because i i have had a lot of victims that have sent me just stacks of of disc going here's my full body mri from head to toe and you know finding a you know a, even if it's a verichip based chip which is a, a millimeter by three millimeters you know that can still be lost on an mri an mri takes a a, a section of imaging every three millimeters you know so if it's lying in the right plane or out of plane uh, an mri can miss it entirely and you're you're mri your whole body to look for something that's the size of a grain of rice is is essentially looking for a needle in a haystack mm -hmm, exactly now can you authorize one of these like an mri or a, a ct scan out of state can people actually request this because i know regular doctors will think the person's crazy if they're saying they're or unless they make something up it's the first trying to get an assessment 
Yeah, no, medical, a medical license is state-based. Okay. So, you know, pretty much any doctor is going to be, is going to be able to do that kind of thing in the state where he's licensed or states where he's licensed. And, and then that's where it kind of gets pretty tricky too, because even in my own state, you know, I, I can't send somebody to an MRI center going, you know, this, I think this person's implanted with a microchip and we're looking for it, you know, you know, you know, then the board comes after you for doing that. Cause then they're going to say that I'm, you know, furthering someone's ideation you know psychiatric ideation of being stalked and, and that has happened right. actually so not how to, for the order, not oh, for the ordering an mri but actually actually had a had that happen from just someone who read my book uh. and uh and the first book and was told that i was potentiating their ideation of being stalked by satellite and, and mm-hmm. i said well you know you can't be stalked by satellite you know absolutely <laughs> I don't have to tell you, and you don't have to tell me about that. And I know a lot of the listeners are well educated. Yeah, this isn't something that's uh, you know a fantasy land. That's for darn sure. Yeah, the reason I ask is because I know that unless you make an excuse up, and so far as oh I hit my head or something, you know, to get an MR, you know, MRI or a CT scan, it's it's going to be virtually impossible to try to get an assessment done. Yeah, and that's one of the things where you know we're kind of where education comes in, where we need to find a, a handful of physicians, some in some in every state, that understand that this experimentation is going on, and will kind of help join the cause and fighting it. But uh, I, I'll tell you that most of the victims probably aren't chipped. Uh, and if you think about it logically, you, you know, we've been fighting this for greater than a decade now. And there's been some people with, I mean, a, a lot of TIs are financially destitute because they're targeting, but I've met with a lot of TIs that are actually very wealthy people that are being targeted, you know, that, that have the money to, you know, seek, you know, complete PET scans and complete, you know, 5.0 Tesla MRI scans, and you still don't find anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes kind of sense that if you were going to use this technology early on, certainly people had to be chipped. Um, I think the gang stalking part of it is actually taking the place of chipping because what they're doing is they're, they're GPSing you by vicinity by stalking you 24 seven, sometimes for a month or two. And then just by GPSing you within, you know, several meters of you are able to read the biometrics on your EEG, whether they're using your remote neural monitoring to track you, whether they're using facial recognition, recognition, body recognition, you know, dental hardware. I mean, you know, cause that shows up on remote based x-ray too. Uh, and most people can be singled out of a crowd based on their dental work. So, you know, it would make sense that there would be no reason to try to just go out and massively assault a bunch of people or drug a bunch of people to get them chipped. Right. Yeah. It's a transmission of signal. I would see it like you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, now, of course, now we're talking about nanotechnology and that can be passed to you a little easier. But most of these people have been complaining about this for 10 to 15 years, some of them longer than that. <laughs> you know, 10 or 15 years ago, nano wasn't in play. Right. Um, as a matter of fact, even the, one of the last chips that we actually removed was Bob Boyce, and he was an inventor in, in Georgia, and that's been about six years ago, seven years ago now, um, that he found uh, went actually got taken to lunch by an NSA agent who was interested in a patent that he had put out for using free energy to charge batteries, and found a lump on his shoulder that scanned positive, and uh, a chip was removed, and it was a Vera chip. Sure. Uh, actually, he had two one in the shoulder and i believe one in the flank and and that was the nsa you know six years ago still using a vera chip brand chip so 
I know a lot of people are now are going, well, you're not finding anything because it's nanotechnology. And I'm like, yeah, but you were hearing voices 15 years ago mm-hmm. you know, and right. being attacked 15 years ago. And, and I, I just I just refuse to believe that nano would have been prevalent enough to be in widespread use 10 or 15 years ago. Right. The technology just wasn't there. Right. But the transmission and signals, signal transmission is, though. Oh, yeah. Been yeah. This, and it's been there for some time. As a matter right. of fact, Jose Delgado who was the king of chipping. I mean, he was the guy doing Neurostem um, during MKUltra. You know, he was working down in, in Louisiana and New Orleans. Uh, and finally, when the MKUltra got exposed, he was banished to Spain for a little while where he practiced medicine there, but then came back to California. Uh, and I had access to him prior to him dying. And even he said before his death that, that using using chips was no longer necessary. His exact words, he said, all of this can be done by broadcast now, <laughs> meaning RF-based, like you say. Yep, absolutely. I know mine's a signal anomaly. I call it an anomaly because that's what it is. But, you know, it's interesting now. You talk, my induction was in 2004. And I believe you said your fiancé was pretty much in that window of, of a type of uh, stalking and harassment, too. Have you, did you notice a spike on that timeline insofar as how things were happening back then versus now? Is it, has it increased or has it decreased over the years? Um, you know, it seems to come in waves. Um, you know, of course, you know, hers probably started 2001, 2002. Um, and, and of course we were, you know, when you're heavy in it at the time, it seems like it's really horrible. And it's, I mean, it's really happening everywhere because we're, we were really focused on what was happening to her. You know, what I see is since I'm so public, I'm, I'm pretty accessible to victims. Um, what I've seen is it, it seemed to really ramp up you know, pretty heavily to where they, I think, had kind of reached their numbers that they were looking at by 2010 or so. Because then there was a couple of years where, I mean, I wasn't hearing from a lot of new people. There weren't a lot of new targets seeking me out. Uh, and then here in the last year or so, uh, I've kind of been bombarded again by a lot of really new people. So, you know, there seems to be phases that they bring on uh, new inductees. Now, one of the ways that Kind of the rules of engagement are also in this is, from what I understand, that the perpetrator, given the technology, they are kind of given carte blanche access and decisions on who they want to use it on. So, and that's why you'll see, you know, in Palm Springs, California, you know, they're mostly targeting, you know, gay men. You know, there it is. Obviously, the perpetrator group is using it for a hate crime. Um, but, you know, other places, you know, like the group. Here, uh, this guy advertises corporate espionage, but it seems like everybody they target is, and everybody's sexually assaulted. Sure. So it's mostly, you know, kind of sex crime. But in another city, it may be something else, and it may be something else. But when when all of that data comes in, you still have a pretty good random sample uh, when the data gets crunched up by the appropriate agencies that are actually watching it. So right, that makes. Well, yeah, they're perpetrators without a doubt. I mean, and there is sexual manipulation that goes on with the female targets with these abductions. Now, another thing I wanted to comment on was you're familiar with military abductees or my labs, as we call them, and contactees in general. And I look at it as after this, after the experience with all this technology, I'm, I'm suggesting that perhaps they're being targeted for an induction based on um, mankind's you know, technology versus a real off-world extraterrestrial. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I'll be... 
I'll be real honest with you, and I've been pretty honest about this on most of my interviews because I have been interviewed on on in radio shows that are that are very pro extraterrestrial. Um, you know, I know enough about this technology and knew about a lot of the developments in this technology where even Michael Persinger, you know, who has done a lot of the microwave research for the Navy, he's up at Laurentian now. And, and if you look at the journal articles on extremely low frequency effects on human beings, almost all of it's been done by Persinger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, he had the God helmet, you know, he was taking people, putting them in an isolated lab room, bombarding the temporal lobes of the brain with extremely low frequency waves and recreating a an abduction in the lab um, you know that alone tells me that most of these people are, are probably just a different variant or a different subproject of exactly what we're dealing with with electronic harassment as well as Morgellons disease I think is just a different subproject of the same constellation I totally agree with you on that you know it's an offshoot of electronic harassment and what's interesting with my research and investigations and also my radio shows there was a huge spike in, in abductees and in, in my labs military abductions which tells me that yeah they're, they're definitely ramping this up and, and it, what I'd see is just many tentacles of the same technology maybe taking on a different formula well and, and the other thing that I noticed early on I, you know when I when I first came across my first couple of Morgellons patients and you know and, and they're having these fibers you know brought taken out of them that very obviously aren't human <laughs> tissue um, I started looking at the prevalence of Morgellons disease, and and one thing that I came across within seconds of looking at the prevalence and the distribution of Morgellons complaints and the prevalence and the distribution of electronic harassment complaints, where are they highest? Morgellons is highest in Texas, California, and Florida. Where is electronic harassment most complained about? Texas, California, and Florida. Uh, and New York coming in a close fourth. You know, we're hearing about it from every state, just about it. I think the only state I've really heard from minimal people is South Dakota. And, you know, the only reason I haven't heard from a ton of people in South Dakota is there's not a ton of people in South Dakota. Right. So, um, you know, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're looking at a bunch of different sub projects and, and it would be idiotic to think that this is being done in any other way than it was originally done with MK ultra. It's being done in some projects. Some people probably are being chipped. Most people probably aren't being chipped because they, every time you drug somebody to put a chip in them, you're risking getting caught assaulting somebody mm-hmm. and that'll bring the whole thing down. So if you can do it with radio frequency and you can do it with stalking, then you don't do it with chipping. Morgellons probably are the people that are being targeted with with some of the new nanotechnology that that finds itself and grows together. So I agree with you on that one. What about Colorado for a place of targeting? That's where my induction took place. Yeah, Colorado. I've heard from a matter of fact, I've I've heard from a number of people from Colorado just in the last couple of months. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and you know, of course. You know, Colorado is close to Utah, <laughs> and you know, and we know the NSA is putting, you know, has the big super base there where they're actually monitoring the entire United States from Utah. Now, uh, you know, and part of the reason the NSA has had to strike out is. Um, you know, they ran out of power at Fort Meade. Um, the reason they had to branch out is uh, every time they would fire up all the cooling systems for the computers there, they were shutting down the grid in the cities around Fort Meade. Uh, they had no more power to draw from in the grid there. So then they moved to Texas first, uh, and we've got 
three NSA bases now in Texas. Um, one of them, in, actually three in San Antonio, one of them actually monitoring Xbox Live uh, and just about everything text and phone from AT&T um, and several other cryptology centers. As a matter of fact, one of the cryptology centers is called, uh, I think, the Southwestern Learning Center. And it, it looks like where you know, when, you know, young women or men would go to learn clerical skills or, you know, it looks like a job hunting center, mm-hmm. uh, but right. it, except, it, except it's got a 10 foot fence all the way around it and, and cameras in the parking lot. Oh, lovely. Uh, but, but, you know, Colorado is, is, a, is a big DOD state. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and Utah certainly has the NSA there, and and I've heard from just recently probably more more targets from the Colorado area, but they're coming in from virtually every state that has any amount of population worth experimenting on. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, it's it's like an infestation, and you have to ask yourself about the NSA. I mean, you know, I call them not so intelligent agency, and, and you know, whatever. But but literally, you're looking at things that are they're acquiring data for a reason, and it's not just about their they want to know everything about you. Obviously, they can use this as a playback and an interface onto your onto your brain template you know and start screwing with you with uh, remote access yeah and then a lot of times i'm the end game you know you know every time i've been with george you know, he's like what's the end game john why what, what are they heading for <laughs> well as conspiratorial as it sounds the only the only end game you see with this is controlling a global population mm-hmm. uh and you know man I, I hate to bring out the you know the new world order you know, phrase, but, you know, the UN wants a one world government, you know, the CIA wants a one world government because they have all the technology and the NSA because they and the NSA, because they'll be the, the strong arm of a one world government. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's the only direction I can see it going. You know, why else would you need to learn how to mentally control it? Now I can see short term why they want to do it in the United States because there's still enough of us now who don't see socialism as an option mm-hmm. that, you know, hopefully they can try to make that sound a little friendlier and a little nicer to us, uh, you know, to bite on some of the socialist agenda that's being forced on us now. Right. Um, but but so far, you know, that does seem to be working on a lot of the population. There seems to be a lot of people that are kind of willing to submit to the government now, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially when, you know, I do a lot of lecturing to young people that are, that are college age and, and high school age on right to privacy and uh, computer privacy, and and they've already given up. I mean, you say, you know what, you shouldn't put all this on Facebook, and you shouldn't tell, you know, mention every minute of the day where you're going and what you're doing, because, you know, there are people watching, and Facebook was started by MQTEL, and that's a venture capital firm for the CIA. And, you know, the, the people that are 25 and under, they look me right in the eye and they say, What's it matter? The government knows everything anyway. Hmm. I mean, they're already defeated. So, I mean, it's really up to those of us that that still have an inkling and can remember what privacy was like, you know, to fight this. Absolutely. And with that being said, we're going to head for a quick break. Everybody, please stay tuned with Dr. John Hall in a moment. They can't tell me Can anybody hear me? everybody to the Dark Matter Radio Network. This is Hyperspace. I'm your host, Solaris Blue Ribbon, and I'm here with my very special guest, Dr. John Hall. Uh, John, you with me? Yep. 
Excellent. Okay, well, um, lots of good information here tonight. Once again, I want to thank you so much for being with us and, and communicating this, this critical data. I'd like to get into the health issues insofar as what are the long-term effects from being exposed to this technological warfare? I know there, there is a long-term issue um, with health. So, so can you go into a few, of that, a few issues with that or what you've seen? Yeah, and, and, and actually, you know, believe it or not, it, you know, we live in a, an era where we're being bombarded with radio frequency, not only being targeted with it, but also being bombarded with Wi-Fi and ground signals and all kind of stuff. Um, and sadly, I mean, honestly, you know, the legitimate studies out on exactly what all of this can cause are really lacking. Uh, so what we do know is based on, you know, a handful of studies, uh, a lot of them are, you know, are contradictory because you have to look to see who funds the studies. A lot of these studies based on electromagnetic exposure are done by cell phone companies. And of course they're paying for the study. So guess what? The study gets printed their way. Mm -hmm. Uh, so when you look at some of the studies that are being done now, nobody or let's, I'm not going to say nobody, but government has done studies on what happens when you get bombarded with heavy electromagnetic fields, but those are classified and, and as of yet non-released. But you know, we do know with a little bit of chronic exposure to electromagnetic fields that you can get premature aging, you can get cataract formation, you can uh, inhibit the immune system, uh, specifically inhibit the, the cells that actually scavenge free radicals. Uh, and the reason and that's important is free radical scavenging is uh, is um, what acts or the in, increase in free radicals in the which is a basically an increase in inflammation uh, is what causes a premature aging can cause cancer can cause heart disease can cause memory loss um, like we know that it actually decreases sperm cell counts uh, in men so it can affect your you know your productivity um, um, but the biggest thing is we're seeing an exponential rise in type 2 diabetes. And if you look across the country, you know, I mean, I, you know, you see everybody clamoring, to, oh, we need to do more research on, on this flu or that flu and, you know, or Ebola virus, you know, diabetes kills more people yearly than just about any other disease or the sequelae of diabetes, you know, heart disease and peripheral vascular disease. And type two diabetics have grown exponentially in the same years that we've seen the increased targeting and the increased proliferation of radio frequency or Wi-Fi being used. Uh, and uh, Riona Kildee actually did some studies that showed a direct correlation um, between electromagnetic exposure and type 2 diabetes because it looks like chronic exposure to electromagnetic fields actually depletes your vitamin D3. And for people who know, vitamin D3 is when you're in the sun and you have sunlight exposure to your skin, your skin is supposed to um, produce vitamin D. Specifically, the D3 form of vitamin D is what glucose metabolism is dependent on. Well, even people who work in the oil fields here in Texas, you know, who are in the sun all day long are coming in and when we check them, they have zero vitamin D3 levels with healthy diets. Um, and the CDC actually called for a big emergency that we should be checking all human beings for D3 because people aren't producing D3 anymore. Well, they come out with that warning, but they didn't come out with any speculation why humans aren't producing vitamin D3 anymore. It's not like we in the last 10 years evolved into non-D3 producers. Right. Um, yeah. Something's causing it. Absolutely, what yeah. about chemtrails? Well, and that's it. 
And it, it's a combination of the two. The reason they're doing the chemtrails, or at least one of the reasons they're doing the chemtrails, is to make the atmosphere more electromagnetically viable mm -hmm. to our RF. You know, that's why they metal salts, specifically aluminum salts and bauxite salts, um, to make, you know, there's so much aluminum that's ground in the Middle West now from spraying that they're having to develop modified DNA crops that'll survive in aluminum-rich soil because aluminum's toxic to life. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so you can't grow plants. It won't, they won't grow normally in aluminum infiltrated soil. So as they, as they spray this stuff to make the atmosphere more electromagnetically viable, then we're also bombarded by a bunch of electromagnetic fields at the same time. It's driving down the D3 in human beings and causing an increased rise in type 2 diabetes. It used to just be the person who's, you know, a little bit obese or a little chubby or has a family history of glucose intolerance that you would see coming in with, with type 2 diabetes. You know, you cut their carbs, you put them on a weight loss program, and, you know, usually the type 2 diabetes you could control. Mm -hmm. uh, or you could control it naturally by adding a little bit of D3 and some alpha lipoic acid. And, but now now we're having thin, healthy people come in with sugars in their 200s and 300s that are type 2 diabetics. And, but the CDC, and they will test neg low for D3, but the CDC has never said, well, this is what we think it is, or we're studying why all of a sudden humans aren't producing D3. They just came out with the warning for physicians saying, check for it and supplement for it when it's low. Hmm. That's really amazing to me. And I've done a lot of research with the chemtrails and, and I, I know they're blocking, well, obviously they're blocking the sunlight as well, besides charging the environment. I mean, we're dealing with a weaponized world here where it just reeks of transhumanism, if you ask me. Well, and you know, one of the saddest cases I ever saw when I was speaking at the Bioethics Commission in D.C., um, in pretty much, I mean, in the public forum, there was easily a thousand people there, and 999 of them were talking about electronic harassment. Um, there was one little cowboy there uh, who was actually talking about spraying. And he got there early. He sat right up front in front of the desk at the Bioethics Commission in front of the, the board table. And he, when it came time to speak on the public forum, he actually came forward and he had pictures of military planes spraying his ranch. He had pictures of multiple dead cattle that died of brain tumors. His wife had died of a brain tumor. He had already had two brain tumors operated on and had a third brain tumor that was inoperative and was terminal and was in tears pleading with the Bioethics Commission for them, even posthumously, to get an, a reason from the government of what and why they sprayed his ranch. Mm -hmm. exactly. So, I mean, for, for people who don't think that that's happening, it is. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We get slammed here in Colorado all the time. And I can certainly notice a difference, but I think you're right. I mean, they're weaponizing everything in the atmosphere. And also, again, just getting back to the targeted individuals for a second here. Now, I know from my own induction experience, I had a lot of strange things like severe vertigo um, with forced visuals and a lot of other things that were happening on a psychotronic level. And I also had um, this clear discharge, which, which was very, very scary to me because it wasn't sinusitis. Now, I understand some people get nosebleeds, but did you come across anything that was really, to me, this seems like a, a, a quote unquote, a remote assassination weapon if they want to choose to um, take somebody out. Yeah, and, and they probably can. I mean, I, honestly, I think that most of these groups that are using it experimentally, meaning the perpetrator groups that have been given access to the technology, I think they are given a limited version of it mm -hmm. because 
I mean, we're not just seeing the outright murders that you would expect to see when you put this kind of technology in the hands of, of you know, of criminals, right. which is essentially what they are. You know, if they had the ability to kill a bunch of people with it, we would be seeing it because they would be doing it. That's just human nature. Sure. Um, and you're and you're right. There are thermal effects uh, to this type of targeting because a lot of it is microwave based or millimeter wave based. And yes, I have seen people having CSF flow out of their nose. Because as they heat up the brain, if you have any imperfections in the cribiform plate, which is actually the very, very wafer-thin bony barrier between your sinuses and your brain, um, there, you know, a lot of people do have an incomplete cribiform plate, and as the CSF heats up and you form pressed skull from heating the CSF, not only does it, uh, which I mean, cerebral spinal fluid for those listeners, mm-hmm. when you heat that up. Um, not only do you get the bad headache, you can feel visual warming of the skull and head, but you can also actually start some of that to leak out, you know, through the nostrils as it gets forced through the cribiform plate. But that's also part of the reason that a lot of people think they're chipped in their brains and not having been in a surgical situation like M. Delgado's lab down in New Orleans <laughs> to place a chip in the brain, the only way to do it that a street thug you know, or a stalker would be able to do it to come into your house would be to put it up through the nose and, and jam a trocar through the cribiform plate to put one into the brain. And in an untrained hand, that would cause neurologic damage, you'd have bruising, you'd have nose bleeding, you'd have CSF pouring out of your nose, uh, and probably two black eyes from, from fracturing through the plate. So um, I'll be honest, almost on, like on all of the MRIs I've seen of the brain, uh, even despite having circles signed on them and X's and check marks and where people think that they're seeing you know, some type of a device, all of the brain MRIs I've ever looked at were normal. Uh, we have seen some chips on the scalp, which is easy to do. I have yet to see one that, that wasn't placed in the brain in, in, a, in a consenting experiment. Mm-hmm. So. Right, so if it's based on a signal and you look at the MRI, you, it, does, it looks normal? Yeah, and uh, you know, and a lot of times, you know, we're getting, I'm getting MRIs that have been looked at by lay people, you know, not radiologists or physicians that are used to looking at MRIs, and people have to remember that the skull is not just an empty void that has the brain in it. You know, there are bones within the skull and in the interior of the skull that form the sinus cavities and and form a supporting structure that holds the brain into the top of your skull. So as the MRI shoots pictures going from the top of the head down, you're, you know, nobody's symmetric. God doesn't make us symmetric. So you are going to see, you know, maybe the beginning of a sinus bone, you know, form at one level when you don't see it on the other level. So when you're looking at the slices across the MRI, you may see the hemispheres of the brain with a white speck on one side, but it's not on the other side. But then as you scan down, that bony structure becomes evident on both sides. And most of what I see circled on people's MRIs are, are normal anatomic findings. Mm-hmm. And when you mentioned the CSF flow, um, is that is that serious or is that something that people should be really concerned about? Uh, I obviously it's an effect, yes, but, but to what degree is that going to harm the body? Uh, as, as long as they turn it off and stop heating up your head, uh, it should you'll, your body remanufactures you know, spinal fluid pretty quickly. Okay. Now, if they did it for too long and actually you know, drained enough of it, then you're going to gra- get a gravitational pull on the brain and essentially get the same severe type of headache that you get with a spinal tap. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, any, any women that have ever had a saddle block or an epidural gone wrong to have a baby knows what a, a, a wet tap or a, a spinal 
a spinal fluid leak headache feels like. If enough fluid leaves the spinal column, it actually causes the brain to drop from gravitational pull away from the skull. And it gives you a headache that can only be relieved by laying flat. The minute you stand up, you can't stand the light, your eyes hurt, your head is throbbing, hurting, and you have to lay back down to make it go away. Mm -hmm. Right. It's just, once again, it's unnecessary drama when you think about it. I mean, this, this type of thing, to me, it, it is a slow kill weapon. I mean, eventually, it, some people do give up, um, you know, whether they're being mind controlled or not or hit with something or not. I do like the aspect that you're working on solutions and that there is a solution to this and there is some kind of a relief associated. Now, for somebody who, who wants to look at some materials, per se, um, to block maybe some of the transmissions that are bombarding their home, is there anything you can recommend on that level? Well, I mean, to, if they're getting into your computer or your phone, I mean, certainly, um, you know, like triple or quadruple round copper wire actually does stop some of the the appliance uh, tampering. Mm -hmm. Now, what we're finding with the actual remote neural monitoring and the brain interaction, most of that's being done with extremely low frequency waves and being done with scalar waves and, and various modulations of the two. Um, and it's very extremely hard to block ELF now. When when ISA act um, and did our we did our little experiment you know over in Europe where we took targets and we had control people who weren't targets and we were in a very well constructed uh, scientific Faraday cage or uh, echoic chamber anechoic chamber mm -hmm. and it, and it was made to very certain specifics and it was already being used for research and most of those people actually did have a sense of wellness once they were within the Faraday cage. So to some extent, it can be shielded. Nothing shields elf waves completely. They actually travel all the way through the earth. That's why they invented HARP, HARP's an elf wave generator or cyclotronic heater. Uh, it heats up the, the ionosphere and then bounces elf waves back at the earth. Um, of course, now they say that they've closed that down. I don't believe it for a single minute. Okay. But you know, if they have closed it down, it means they've developed another way to do it that doesn't require a you know 100 acres of antennas that's what i've heard yeah <laughs> yeah but uh but well because you know they've have they have those situated all over the planet there's one at pine gap and there's one in sweden so they've got the whole earth covered but they've obviously figured out an easier way to do it but um but yeah the the shielding i i don't recommend a lot of that to targets because it's it's not going to be within most people's financial capability to get the right shielding to do it mm -hmm. uh, and i just i you know one of the things they try to do is financially break targets mm -hmm. and you know giving you the false thinking that you're chipped all over and, and having you spending money on going to doctors and getting mris and getting cts a lot of that's just meant to financially break you especially if they're telling you you're chipped uh, if voices are telling you you're chipped you can almost certainly believe that you're not mm -hmm. you know they're not these are well well rehearsed vignettes that they do with these victims and they are not meant to give you any truthful information right they're scripted so yeah they're all they're, oh, yeah they're scripted as a matter of fact they're not only scripted a lot of times if the if you're being monitored in real time and the people that are actually watching you on computer are a little bit tired of messing with you or just don't feel like watching you anymore they'll actually put you on a auto loop where basically you hear your own thoughts being fed back to you slightly delayed so you think it's somebody else talking to you and you sit there and you converse with your own thoughts right and how many people would think that's a spirit or a ghost doctor you know a lot of them 
You know, you know what? It, we've come a long way in education, thank God, mm-hmm. because uh, when I first got into this, I had a lot of people calling me saying, you know what? I, they were telling me they were an angel. or a Matter of fact, the, some of the girls that worked in my office as I was writing A New Breed actually came to me and said, you know, we're hearing our spirit guides talk to us through the computer speakers. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I want to be clear about, too, right quick as an aside. Not everybody that hears voices is hearing it in their head. It's not all voice to skull. There's two ways to do that and you alluded to it a little bit earlier with resonant sound and and that's when you were talking about being able to hear this hear your thoughts come back to you or or hear somebody talking to you you know with the vibrations of a plane going by or with the vibrations of air conditioning or the vibrations of a ceiling fan and those are elf wave transmissions and and that actually is heard through normal hearing it's just using a a form of either low frequency sound or ultrasonic high sound that, that needs a physical acoustic motion of air to finish amplifying it for you to hear it. (laughs) It is still person specific. They do still find the frequency that's specific to you to hear it. So not necessarily anyone else around you is going to hear it. But those are the people that are hearing stuff out of their speakers, out of the radio, out of the ceiling fan, out of the vent fan in a restroom, Mm -hmm. you know, as a plane displaces air when it goes by. Right. And, um, and, well, and, and that's another common way to harass people. Yeah, it's another, when you look at the ghost hunters, you know, a lot of people are into the paranormal right now. You know, I, my question is, what are they picking up on? And maybe it's just a regular transmission from a covert intelligence program. Yeah, I think a lot of times that may be the case. And, uh, you know, when when I when you delve into the paranormal and, and ghost, and I've seen some convincing evidence of, of something, I guess, you know, when it comes to ghost hunters and actually a very good friend of mine, uh, Rob Demarest, uh, is very popular in the ghost hunting and the paranormal community. He's had a number of shows and uh, is has, is actually co-starring on the on the show that uh, hopefully we will eventually be seeing on Discovery Channel about electronic harassment. Sure. But uh, um, you know he's been big into that, and and I've seen some pretty convincing things through him. I, I don't know necessarily what I'm seeing is the scientific part of me is certainly going to be an antagonist against just right away saying, oh, man, it's a ghost. You know, um, I think there might be places in the world where electromagnetically maybe we're able to see into another invention or maybe maybe a break in the time-space continuum where you're you're able to get a glimpse of whoever was doing their daily living activities at, you know, at another time in the past. But but certainly I'm I'm with you where a lot of people reporting poltergeist-type activity or their TV shutting off and on or their lights turning off and on. All of that can be done as harassment. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Even garage doors and things like that. Yeah, it's funny you, you mentioned that one. Not only did I have that happening at my house, but um, there's one entire neighborhood in San Antonio, Texas, and it's near one of our NSA bases. And for years, these people were complaining about their garage doors opening and closing. Um, a lot of people actually had the entire wiring in their homes burned out, uh, car batteries burning out at the speed of light. And the complaints went on for years until finally the news did an expose on it. And the NSA finally admitted that they were experimenting with a new ground wave technology, you know, to see if they could communicate with using this ground wave technology with other NSA bases. When more than likely in reality, they were experimenting on the neighborhood, not with, you know, not with the communications technologies. Right. Yeah. I had that happen when I was inducted in 2004. Yep. Well, it sounds all familiar. That's for darn sure. Yeah, remote access. And, and once again, they can remotely access the brain. 
So that's yeah, right. And, 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 and actually, they can remotely access and upload and download the brain. A lot of the same technology that they're using on computers uh, is what they're probably using on the human brain. You know, the brain is essentially, you know, an electronic device that's that's powered by bioelectric energy. But the neurologic synapses and, and the way memory is stored, it, you know, it's all fairly similar to the way it's stored in a computer. Mm-hmm. And, and all it takes is looking at what the NSA is using on computers to get a pretty good idea of what they're using on the brain, too. And one of the biggies now is continuous wave radar. Um, the um, what a lot of people don't realize is that our computers and our phones are intercepted um, by the NSA before they're ever actually sold to us. You know, but yeah, before you ever go to the Apple Store and get your computer, it's already been intercepted. It's called Project Interdiction by the NSA, and the chips and the software and the spyware is already loaded into those phones and computers before they're made available for purchase to us. And one of the things that they use is a little chip called a cotton mouth chip, and, and that is their name for it. It's called the cotton mouth. And in a laptop computer, it's actually in the cord, or in a, a personal computer, it's in the cord that goes from the computer to the monitor. And when that little chip gets bombarded with continuous wave radar, it will actually transmit everything that your computer is sending to the monitor up to six kilometers away to a receiving station. Well, that's why all of a sudden you've seen these reports of these fake cell towers that nobody claims, you know, popping up all over the, that people are finding with these crypto phones. Um, there's a particular phone called a crypto phone. And if, if you drive by one of these fake towers, it will, it will pull your signal away from the legitimate tower to this fake tower and you'll see your LTE go down to 4G. So when you, if you have a 4G phone and you see it altering between 4G and 3G or an LTE phone you know, shifting between LTE and 4G, usually that's because your signal is being intercepted by a reception tower and, and not the cell phone tower from Verizon or AT&T. It, it, it's, a, it's a phone, it's a fake tower that's actually designed to get your technology. Sure. But the, the problem with continuous wave radar is it's putting a tremendous amount of energy down on the computer user you know, while they're bombarding the computer to mine your data. And, and there's there's no studies and no one knows exactly how much kind of effects that that kind of energy impulse will do to a human being. Right. It seems to me like we're just getting hit from all different directions. I mean, between chemtrails and, you know, the weaponization of technology and, and now the interface with all this stuff, it just seems like it's uh, it's a tough battle. Yeah. Uh, and it's, you know, I'm not sure where it's going to end. Uh, you know, because they, they do all that under the guise of national security. <clears throat> and I go over that in guinea pigs, too, that, you know, we're, of course, we're all scared to be, you know, in another bombing like 9-11. You know, it's a tragedy. Uh, a lot of people died that day. But if you look at things statistically in the grand scheme of things, um, the chances of you being killed in a terrorist bombing, even here combined with you being abroad, uh, is sub- exponentially less than you ch- your chance of getting killed in a car wreck you know, on the way to work the next day. Uh, I think your chance, last I read statistically, your chances of being in a car accident are like one in you know, 500 and something. Your chances of being killed in a terrorist bombing are one in several million. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the if you look at it from a national security perspective, um, the automotive industry is, is certainly waging a lot better jihad on us than uh, the Middle Eastern countries. So. Mm-hmm. I agree with you on that one. Well, you know, when you look at the targeted individuals in general, I mean, obviously they're pushing their targets through psychotronics or whatever remote um, tactical hardware they want to use. Now, I know from my own research and my own um, 
personal the handler that that was dealing with me and actually inducted me he was doing threat assessment management he was that was one of his offshoots of employment and that you know it's interesting because what they'll do is they'll push a target i don't have to tell you this but if you don't respond the way they want you to respond and you fight back they'll, they'll call you a threat i don't know if you're familiar yeah. with that or not no no they will and they'll get a national security letter on you and next thing you know you're on a no-fly zone yeah i mean uh, this is what i mean <laughs> it's crazy as, as a matter of fact you you can't purchase either one of my books on a government computer so really um, I, yeah i've got several friends that work at nasa uh and one of them uh, wanted to buy both of my books on the computer and i had another and they couldn't uh and i had another an officer actually called me from fort bragg uh, and one of his men seemed to be getting control. By the way, the the uh, the fifth POG, uh, the fifth Psychological Operations Group, is actually based out of Fort Bragg. And um, there was a, a young soldier there that had um, been caught raping girls, uh, other female soldiers. And his officer called and, and said that this was not within his personality to do it and that he doesn't seem to remember actually doing any of these attacks. He was controlled. Sure. Um, and, and that his officer was convinced. He said, you know, the guy says he doesn't remember doing this, that he, you know, had to have been in an altered state. And, you know, it, you know, so he goes, I don't know what to think of this. I know we're subjected to the fifth pog research here on base. And I'm really wondering if this guy was controlled because I, I know this soldier. I know him well, and it's not within his personality to commit these kind of crimes. And, you know, he couldn't buy either one of my books um, on base. So, um, and as a matter of fact, I've even been targeted by the FBI myself after the first book. Um, they actually subpoenaed the, the rough drafts of my second book. It was somewhat redacted. But uh, the first book actually, you know, had someone close to me that was actually called in by the FBI and they slammed my book down on the table in front of them and they said, you know, you don't believe what Dr. Hall says about, you know, satellite capability. And, you know, this girl said, well, I don't really know him that well, but I know thousands of people turn to him for help with exactly this problem. Why don't you ask him? Uh, well, then it went from you don't believe it to how does he know enough to write about it? And uh, this is my tax dollars at work. This was someone actually brought in and spoke to by the FBI when she said, bring him here and ask him. And uh, the, and I quote, you know, I, I, I don't I don't know if I could use foul language on your radio show or not, oh. but this FBI, this FBI agent looked at her and said, Dr. Hall's not under an official investigation, but he is a piece of shit. Oh, that's okay. That's, that's an easier word. Yeah. Oh, unbelievable. Yeah. Huh. So, uh, so you know you're on the right track when you get that kind of response. Right, absolutely. Yeah, they're trying to do damage control. Yeah, it's amazing to me when they show up like that. I wish everybody would just stand down and be respectful and just fess up because it's, it's out there. Everybody knows it. We can prove the technology. And, and there are enough people there who actually have been, you know, real witnesses and, and real, uh, well, I don't want to call it test pilots, but literally have been through the program enough to know. So it's uh, really concerning there. So have they backed off? Obviously, they leave you alone now, though, right? Well, I mean, the, that incident was actually not too long ago, and that was actually during the writing part of guinea pigs. And, you know, you know I have insider connections, so I, I'm able to access some documents and things that most people can't. Mm -hmm. uh, and, they, and they know that. And, um, yeah, I was actually – had been writing out on my ranch and had came back into San Antonio to meet someone for dinner, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, broad daylight. My truck was one of two vehicles in front of the front door of a restaurant where I had guns in the backseat of the truck 
and my satchel with my documents sitting in the, the passenger seat and my truck was broken into at four o'clock in the afternoon mm-hmm. and the guns were left alone. The only thing was the satchel. And, and it was two weeks after that where I got called for a rough draft and redaction and censorship. So, Unbelievable. Um, you know, and that's, that's kind of the way that works. So, mm-hmm. you know, b- before they subpoena anything, they're going to make sure they know you have it. Yep, absolutely. I agree with you on that one for sure. Well, you know, when it comes to mind, you know, you look at these shooters that we've had, and we've talked about these before on my show, but literally, you know, they're Manchurian candidates. It's like they've been trained them psychotronically, remotely, um, with an altar, and that altar gets triggered to do these these insidious programs and crimes. Well, yeah, some of them. The last, the last couple, uh, yeah, they were probably controlled to do out of you know not within their personality scope but the last couple actually were kind of vengeful shootings as well um um you know myra may who actually shot up the the, was it you know university of florida Mm -hmm. you know he had sent out a number of uh, thumb drives and letters explaining you know what he was planning on doing of course none of those letters arrived until after it was done um the fbi actually intercepted most of the thumb drives but uh yeah he was a a very smart guy you know he had had been a lawyer in new mexico um had went out to to florida to actually open a law office there when he became a target and um you know his his kind of take on it was that he needed to do something that was against his Christian values. And, and he admitted that in his writings that came out, you know, after the shooting, um, but that he thought this would be the only way to, you know, foster media attention to the problem. Right? And, and I think he was hoping that once all of these thumb drives and these letters came out of him explaining exactly what happened to him and why he felt like going in as a shooter was the only way to get media attention. I, I think, he felt that somehow or another that was going to garner him some legitimacy uh, and that the media was going to go, oh, my God, you know, yes, this guy was was obviously mind controlled. Well, it kind of backfired because, you know, the major media is not going to broach this topic, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, at least and not until it's so mainstream. Uh, you know, they, they put off even, you know, talking about Edward Snowden's documents for as long as they could, right. you know, until, you know, until it was just in their face. And then they had to say, yeah, looks like the NSA needs some higher oversight, you know, more powerful oversight. So unfortunately, you know, I certainly can't condone anyone going in and, and taking life in, in the name of this technology as, as evil as it is and as tortured as people are, you know, going out and shooting someplace up is, is certainly not the answer to get media attention. And that and that really is what Myron May was looking at doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Aaron Alexis um, was straight up vengeance. Uh, he had a clearance. He worked close by. He knew about the technology. You know, he had emailed um, Freedom from Covert Surveillance and Technology uh, asking about how to fight the sleep deprivation with the with the technology because they were sleep depriving him. Sure. They had actually they were trying to control him to go amok though because they actually tried the first time in the Newark airport. Uh, they were using voice to skull on him and what made him think that some people that were in the airport nearby were actually you know using vulgar terms with him and he did go off on some innocent people. 
And he realized afterwards that, oh, my God, I went off on these people in the airport, and I, I believe did get held, not arrested for that. Mm-hmm. But he realized that it wasn't them talking to him, that he was hearing it through transmissions afterwards. And then he realized what it was, and he knew it was elf-based attacks. That's why he inscribed, this is my elf wave weapon on the side of his shotgun when he went into the Navy Yard shooting. So in a way, that's still a controlled shooter mm-hmm. or a controlled assassin. But it's that's already kind of seeing that as an option, you know, to, to gain media exposure, I guess. And, and, and he certainly, and he knew they were doing some of the research at the Navy Yard, and that's why he went after the Navy Yard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I know they do push their targets without a doubt. And of course, I think it, you have to learn a lot of self-control. I mean, when you're getting bombarded with different types of transmissions and things, I think that's something that targeted individuals usually do. Um, what I don't like is the entrainment aspect of it. And that's why I'm really glad that there's a technique that can be done with the hemisphere to be balanced. And once again, let everybody know how to access your books and how to purchase them. They're on Amazon, right? Yeah, uh, actually, you can get a new breed, uh, Satellite Terrorism in America, and Guinea Pigs Technologies of Control on Amazon uh, or Barnes and Nobles, uh, or you can go to um, uh, newbreedmovie.com and they can be ordered there as signed copies uh, along with a hard target uh, t shirt if you choose. Um, Nice. Um, if you go to if you go to Barnes and Nobles, if you walk into the store, uh, I know the copies of a new breed sell out pretty quickly, so it'll probably have to be ordered there. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah, that's a wonderful book. I have both of your books, and I I strongly suggest people pick up a copy of both. Um, excellent read, and obviously very accurate. So I want to thank you again for doing this. Not many people will have done these things and put the information out there with such credibility. So I do appreciate you doing that. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, what I'm really looking forward to getting completed now is the movie based on a new breed. Um, and I, and I'm, I'm sure I know you're, you're on my Facebook and probably a lot of the people listening are on my Facebook page. Um, so, and I've been trying to keep people kind of notified about what's going on on that, that aspect, but, uh, I had two very good screenwriters actually write a screenplay based on a new breed, uh, that were, uh, actually completing a trailer. On, that will be used to um, show to the investors that are interested and actually, in, and thank God we, we have people that are in, interested in investing in this that want to see this come to light. Um, you know, this topic has been heavily shunned by Hollywood uh, for a long time and actually had spoke to people uh, in, you know, in a major production company out of California. Son, that's a TI, and uh, tried working through them and, and certainly uh, this person's son a lot. And they were interested, but uh, it's in actually You know, honestly, go down that avenue of the past and visit so close to your proximity where where the event took place when you're filming. 
Yeah, honestly, you know, we've already been been shooting a lot of the trailer and and you know, some of the scenes. We have um, uh, Sunday Richardson Flint is actually playing Mallory. Uh, she's the actress playing Mallory, and she's a super actress. Uh, it, it was hard to watch some of the scenes that involved attack. Um, you know, I, I know we'll eventually be releasing the trailer for everyone to see uh, while we're working on the rest of the film. And uh, there's a couple of scenes that are really going to be gripping. Um, you know, certainly when, you know, the sexual attacks and, you know, the, in some of the hospital scenes where, you know, we're dealing with victims that have, you know, female victims that have been raped. I mean, the actresses, uh, Andy Dillard and, and Sunday Flint that are playing these roles just, I mean, just are so convincing and, and so good at portraying that emotion that, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll admit, I mean, as a matter of fact, on several of the scenes, I, you know, you look around, even the guys doing the filming and the, and the people that are there assisting and, you know, some of the people there watching the trailer had tears in their eyes. I mean, it was, it was, you know, certainly I had tears in my eyes. It was, it was that convincing. And, um, and I've been lucky enough you know, to have, you know, such talent in the Texas area. Um, I've been working with a lot of people from Central Texas Actors Group, uh, CTAG. And uh, one of my really good friends, Bill Mixon, is playing the, the evil FBI guy. And uh, he's just a phenomenal actor. Carlton Caudill is actually playing me. Um, uh, this is a guy who's got a lot of acting experience. He's recently just come off of a film where he was uh, a supporting role for Matthew McConaughey. Um, uh, I've, had, I've already had a lot of people say, man, he even looks like you. And I'm like, well, I guess that's good. Um, you know, just a superb actor. Um, the, uh, Mike Muirhead is doing the directing and the editing on it, who has a lot of experience and, and was actually one of the few production people that I came across that, that really looked at this. And, you know, at first he didn't believe it a whole lot. He read a new breed first. Uh, he goes, man, this just sounds crazy. You know, I said, well, do a little more research. Just start Googling remote neural monitoring. Uh, and he's seen a lot of testimonials from, uh, from targets. He is the person that's putting together our documentary that goes along with the, with the dramatic film. Um, uh, so he, seen i mean he's read all these testimonials you know so you know he came off full board after he read a few testimonials and read the book he said this needs to be out people need to know about this this we need to do it it's you know it, it went from i don't believe it to we need to do it mm-hmm. and uh uh and uh then i came across um robert mcdormand and Christopher and these are and brian elder these are that are just incredible together Film. Easter Famine Films is doing this in conjunction uh, with New um, New Deal Productions, and the guys from Feaster Famine are just incredible. I mean, just to watch them shoot. Uh, parts of this trailer to see what they do with the actors and actresses, you know, see the shots that they're getting there. And, um, a feaster family does have a, a Facebook page. I would encourage uh, victims and non-victims alike. If you're interested in seeing this movie done, like their Facebook page, you know, these guys need, you know, all the positive energy they can get to do this. They are, I mean, they all have copies of the book. They've all read the book. They all sympathize with the victims and, and they want this movie out just as badly as I do. So. Right. And the thing is, it can happen to anybody. It can happen to your loved ones, your family. And uh, I mean, you know, it takes, it took my marriage away. It took my life away. 
So I understand that how this, this technology works and how damaging it can be on so many different levels. And, and once again, I applaud all of you for doing this in the film, um, that's the creators of this film, putting it together. Now, when you talk about the script, they're obviously keeping it true to the event, which I really appreciate, instead of trying to water it down. Well, you know, and that's a, you know, that's tricky too, because, you know, we're, you know, we're trying our best to get a, you know, you know, if I had my way, I would, I wish there would be a way to get a PG-13. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't know how old you are, you know, I'm, I'm in my 40s. You know, there was a time in the film industry where if you didn't have an R, you didn't have a movie. I mean, as a matter of fact, they would put in a brief shot of nudity or use the F word briefly one time just to get the r because if you didn't have an r you didn't well now it's kind of come full circle where if you've got an r you know you're not reaching half the population they're all going to pg-13 movies mm -hmm. so you know you know trying to take this topic and not be too graphic with it but still be true to what actually happened you know and not have a, a an ma rating you know it is really proving to be tricky and and that's really where the director mike muirhead comes in because you know he is a master at doing stuff or you know you know it's happening without having to graphically show it and mm -hmm. uh, and and certainly having lived through someone i love being you know being drugged and gang raped i didn't want it graphically shown on film either and, and mike and i were both on board together with that so right. uh and like i said the, the feaster famine film guys that uh um, are really good and you know it's interesting you talk about other people around you being targeted you know when we all joined into this endeavor you know they were like man this you know i mean yeah we believe it and we want to do the movie well then after they went home and thought about it and most of them read my book then you know of course the next question you get is well is this going to happen to me for helping do this movie and i'm like you know what who knows right. uh, so, you know so they're, and they're all willing to take the risk so mm -hmm. yeah they think it's contagious to some degree and you know I, I don't discount anything but i think at this point in the continuum i think it's about mass mind control and i do believe that they are deploying things with a big array system now and calibrating people to technology to such an extent that this would be the next step into quote-unquote transhumanism and of course mind control and controlling people if, if you don't think the way the government wants you to think that you're going to be retrained or re-educated so they say yeah, and, and that's the only direction I can see it going is that way. Uh, you know, what I've said, I'm, I've mentioned it in both of my books, you know, that you can only control somebody with guns and taxes to a certain extent, you know, because if, if you're in Texas to try to come down here and control Texans with guns, that's going to be a bloodbath of, you know, proportions not seen since the Bible. Um, you know, there's no way they're going to come to Texas and confiscate guns. It just will not happen, not without a firefight at just about every home they go to. Um, you know, ta taxes can't control the whole population with taxes because there are those of us that live rurally where, you know, I could pump water out of a well and shoot a deer once a month, you know, and grow vegetables to have food to eat. With electromagnetics, you control everyone. Years ago, Michael Persinger said he could control every mind on the planet with Elfwave technology. Well, here we come 10 years later, we've got the Obama administration spending billions of dollars on the brain initiative spending billions of dollars on the nudge squad and i go into that in detail in guinea pigs you know he actually they actually took the money and took the time to create a nudge squad sure. and their job their job is to go online and go into media uh, circles and actually try to gently 
nudge the population into believing the way that you want them to believe. You know, that, that you know, that Obamacare is going to be a save-all, that we're all going to have health care through Obamacare, you know. Yeah. You know, and and try to nudge people to vote the direction that they want them to vote. You know, and that's mind control in itself, and that's admitted. Right. Yep, absolutely. Well, the thing is, once they weaponize the atmosphere like they're doing already, and they start doing their psychotronic programming, I mean, if you don't comply with their data, they'll attack you. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, it, it was like with the IRS. I don't care which side of the aisle you fall on, Democrat and Republican. Nobody deserves to be attacked or 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 harassed by the government for your belief. You know, right. what makes this country is a, a myriad of beliefs. You know, I you know certainly, if you can read my post on Facebook, I'm I'm anything but liberal. Hmm. I'm conservative on some issues. I'm liberal on some issues. You know, I'm not Democrat or Republican. I'm probably best to be described as liberal. But uh, but everybody should have a voice. Everybody should be able to, to voice that voice. And when you see the IRS specifically targeting people or, or any groups that refer to the Constitution as being the better guideline for government, you know, you know, that's direct targeting of somebody that the government sees, you know, as adverse to them. Mm-hmm. You know, and that makes that that makes us no better than China or Russia. Exactly. Well, I think that's where they're heading, unfortunately. Very sad to see America lose its freedom, and I'm hoping that's not the case, but we're going right now and, you know i talked about the threat assessment and that's what they're doing they're assessing people by their their um, beliefs in freedom and, and respect of the constitution and if you go that way then you're some kind of a threat or a terrorist i mean you see how they're doing the flip-flop and of course this to me the remote um technological war game that they're doing is just another push to um well and, and i go into that in in to guinea pigs about how we actually stop it and you know it, Uh, make shielding affordable to you know to everyone because eventually everyone's going to be targeted not just the the guinea pigs and uh it's really going to take political change and you know part of the problem is we ourselves get to the point where the government is supposed to fear the people and they no longer fear the people they're and you know we we're going to have to focus politically on what your belief is, whether it's Democrat or Republican or liberal or conservative, getting ethical people and moral people into government um, where, you know, they as non-consensual experimentation is wrong and try to make strides against it. Uh, and that may mean and that may mean term limits. You know, uh, and you're not going to convince me somebody that spends their life in Congress is not going to vote, do whatever is best for them. You know, if you know you've got eight years in Congress out and scratch the dirt like the rest of us to make a living, then you're you're probably not going to do whatever strengthens the government. You're going to do whatever strengthens the individual. Absolutely. Yeah. What's your impression have of the Jade Helm exercises coming down the pike in July? Any any thoughts on that? You know what? I, I, I've I've kind of delving into that. And, you know, the troubling thing with that is they're, you know, they're, they're not just American troops doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, UN troops. So, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I hate to jump just right into the con- you know, the conspiracy, you know, truck with people. But this is it. It's finally coming. They're going to round us all up into the FEMA camps. Um, you know, certainly they're training for civil unrest. I mean, there's 
other than paying for civil unrest. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there's if the if the military decides to do it, and the government decides to do it, there's nothing to stop it. Right. Um, but if if the time comes where they do try to do that, then you know certainly you know you're going to want to be in a state as liberal gun rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I'm, I'm, I, you know, that's one thing I like about Texas is, uh, you know, lover Texas is a Republican state and a relatively conservative state. Um, you know, are they do look out for our rights to protect ourselves here, and you know they've. Supports our gun laws. As a matter of fact, I I have a pretty good working relationship with law enforcement around me. Uh, you know, and Barbara Bob and, and Feinstein, you know, they actually have a confiscation bill in Congress now. Mm-hmm. Not just you know extended round magazines and not just AR-15. It's actually gun confiscation. And I, and I had a long talk with, with Agri, who's a good friend of mine in my area, and said, what if they do pass? federal law that because the only ones they're gonna to know to confiscate are the ones that's registered. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the guns are, are bought on the street. They're not registered to anybody. They don't go to academy and fill out a form and buy a gun and it's not registered. You know, the only ones they will know to confiscate are by registered gun owners, which actually frighten the government more than the criminals. So um, you know he said, well, he goes, first off it's the federal that make us enforce it. And uh, so it wouldn't be local law enforcement coming that they would have to bring in federal officers or bring in militia, you know, bring in to do it. And, you know, hopefully Texas the first state they try to do that to because it would probably end right there. Right. Indeed. Well, you know, you mentioned the U.N. troops, and I I really wasn't under the impression U.N. is involved. I mean, I I heard about it, but I wasn't really. I mean, do we have confirmation that it actually, um, the Jade Helm, does include the U.N. troops? From what I understand, yeah. Heard that from pretty reliable sources okay. that, that it is UN troops that are actually taking. Okay. Well, when you think about the, you know, when I was first inducted into the covert program of life real time, I had a, a, a handler, life feed real time, that told me I might need to be re educated. And ever, ever since um, I look at the re education camps and, the, and that process, and I'm looking at this hardware that they're deploying for mind control, and that is re education. You don't have to be put into these camps to be re biology. Well, and another way to look at it is you have been re Educated, right or wrong, you, you've been re-educated because you know a lot about something that you didn't. Uh, very so. true. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, I had a before this, John. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, and and that's one. That, and it's you know, it sounds hard when I talk about it in guinea pigs. It sounds hard, and sometimes I come across as callous to victims that contact me. But a lot, a lot of times, I get the typical complaint. It's like I'm being attacked so. I can't work. I can't do anything. I'm, I'm going to have to be stay at home and and not even try to do the absolute best thing you can do as a target is to force yourself to get out, force yourself to interact with people like you normally do, and for maintain an occupation or a job of some type. The minute you decide I'm being attacked too bad to do anything, and you sit at home and just be a guinea pig, you you really lost the battle mm-hmm. because the one thing that they don't know how to deal with. Is you still going out and functioning? Mm-hmm. You know that that's that's not in the method. We do not know how to deal with that. And the more you force yourself to do that, a lot of times the more they back off because they see that they're not going to get you in the position. Mm-hmm. Because what gets you diagnosed is mentally ill. And like I said, that's the primary goal is to get 
be diagnosed as mentally ill. And, you know, if you're going out and you're interacting normally and you're not trying to convince every person you talk to that you're being stopped and you're being followed and you're being with this technology like i told somebody online the other day i said fight the battles that you probably win if you're trying to convince family members that you've already tried to convince once or twice stop trying to convince them those are going to be the people that park you in front of a psychiatrist won't be your your distant friends or the person down the street it's going to be a family member that sends you to a psychiatrist mm-hmm. you know or calls the police and forces you into so you know vent uh, you know pick any one of the myriad of human rights organizations dealing with this crime now. I mean, this is, if you look online and believe me about it, when I talk to them, I say, you know what, Google remote neural monitoring, Google mind control. It's the most reported crime on the internet out there that they're about. Uh, and anybody with any ounce of common sense, they may think the first couple of testimonials or the first couple of people's blogs that they read, but when you end up seeing it over and over and over again, same complaint by the guy in Nevada, as the guy in Florida, as the guy in Japan, as the guy in you know South Dakota. Then your reasonable person is going to go, man. Every one of these people are voicing the exact same complaint, mm-hmm. and Absolutely. and that's when most people that don't believe will go, yeah, this there there must be something more to this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. John, we're just about out of time here. I want to thank you very much for being on the show tonight. You've been so informative and information and i certainly have so much respect for you and please take care of yourself and your ones and um, be safe out there you know but i think the more we express and expose this technology the, the thing so thank you for doing that and and also i want to thank everybody for tuning in this evening and please stay tuned for dr j radio live coming up next of course on the dark better radio network and and if people want to contact you now you're on facebook and, and how what's the best way to do this uh, the best way to do is, is Google guinea pigs, technologies of control. There's a thing there. Uh, if you like that page, I can see that you've liked it and add you on to the main Facebook page. Uh, and there's also newbreedmovie.com and targetedmovie.com. Excellent. That's wonderful. You know, I, I think I heard you quote, um, it's not a mental illness, it's an experimentation. And I think that's really that also is that you know, these people are legitimate and these are real cases and they're targeted and that's that's very critical that people understand that yeah that's exactly that's the way we have to start looking at it and that's the way we need to educate the psychiatric community look at it excellent and are you going to be doing any any public speaking anytime soon Uh, uh, up in toronto on the 26th uh, for a conspiracy show with uh, richard sirik is actually doing a big conference up there and i was there and that actually is posted on my web page as well on my facebook page well, that's wonderful. Great. I think we're just about out of time here, but I want to thank you again for joining us and um, for you. And thank you, Keith. And are we ready to roll here, Keith? My job gun. Thank you, everybody. Have a great week. Thank Thanks, you, John. Thank you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Keith Camp Schaefer. I'm here to bring a message to you and uh, to whoever will hear this message around the world, and uh, especially here in the United States of, Mer- of America. And 
I don't know if you are familiar with the term organized stalking or gang stalking and what this phenomena uh, amounts to, but essentially secret persecution of individuals uh, who have been selected uh, for targeting for whatever reason. What I'd like to do is to connect some dots as to what I really think is going on and how this has become so pervasive and what the driving force behind this is. And as I'm talking to you and sharing as much as I can about this, and this kind of a spur of the production here, I really don't have any notes put together. So you might say that this is just a preliminary message create a more detailed and um, comprehensive message later on that will consist of uh, documents and notes and things like that that I can refer to and read off of to, um, to help you at what is going on. And I'd like for you to take this as a, a warning, and I, whether you would take it as a religious a religious warning, a prophetic warning, or just a, a watch on the wall that um, that this message really needs to be heard. And what I was with is going back to what I'm talking about, this organized stalking and this secret persecution of selectives. Just who are these individuals that are selected and who are these individuals there that are being targeted by this organized stalking, this community-based, uh, government-sponsored, organized stalking and systematic of, indiv of individuals for a, a number of reasons, none of which are legitimate or uh, reasonable to be treating anybody on earth with this type of behavior. This is a humanitarian crime on a global and it reaches into every institution, every organization, every entity, every club, group, society, family on the face of the earth. Now, I myself am a Christian and a believer in Jesus Christ. But a few years ago, I seemed to be turned upside down as a, whatever this was going on that I wasn't for sure what it was. I just recognized life was changing in a dramatic way because when I would go out into the, the neighborhood or the community, I was getting followed. I was getting stalked. I was, um, rude behavior uh, in the marketplace. <clears throat> have you? Another thing that was happening was I was getting harassed by things. And I know that that may sound strange and I'm sure that there probably are some people on earth that have a fear of airplanes or aircraft. This is commonplace among the quote targeted individuals who are very familiar with these methods of organized stalking. These tasks that are meant to cause psychological trauma and induce fear and uh, as a form of uh, behavioral modification or mind control. Different things that were going on about four or five, six, well, I guess it's been about six or five or six years anyway, where things really just kind of whatever this was out in the open it was very obvious and i recognized or didn't 
long to, to figure out what it was in that that it was organized stalking. I looked on the internet, researched, I found a couple of organizations and groups that um, seem to be advocates for organized for the victim stalking. But um, as time went on, I learned more and more about this. I've been able to connect are a lot more dots to connect who's responsible, what this is all about on a deeper spiritual level and on a societal level and on a biblical nature, on a biblical level. Now, I'd like to go back to 9-11, the attack on the World Trade Centers, the two towers, World Trade Center 1 and 2, and then, of course, later on in, in the day, Center building number seven, which was a 47-story high-rise, was intentionally and purposefully and controlled. Uh, it was a controlled demolition. It was a pre-planned -pre demolition. And so most of us, or a lot of us anyway, realize now that after the five is what they refer to or what they call a false flag. It's not what it appears to be. Now, obviously, there was great destruction, death, and Matthew, but it was a government psyop. It was a planned and controlled and staged and orchestrated event to usher in a new society, if you will, a new world, or actually what the global, a new world order. And of course, we heard George Bush, number one, talk about and bet your bottom dollar on that, that if you're searching for the source, for the ultimate source of, of who's responsible, then that's where you need to start looking. But I'm going to talk about the evidence that's here at hand about what I'm, this message that I'm trying to bring here on, at the spur of the moment without any notes and just some thoughts that I've I've had in my mind, as well as a few Facebook comments on blogs or what have you. Well, after the 9-11 attack, a few days after that attack, George Bush took the microphone, took the stand, or something to this effect. This is, this is pretty close. He said, quote, we will direct every resource at our, every tool of intelligence, every instrument of law enforcement every financial influence and every necessary weapon to disruption and eventual defeat of terrorism. Either you are with us or terrorists. Americans should expect a battle, a battle unlike any they have ever seen. One battle, but a lengthy campaign, some visible, others secret. We will drive terrorists from place to place is no refuge or rest. Now, there's a couple of things I would like to focus on or emphasize here in this message that he gave. Remember, what I'm talking about here, I'm bringing you this message that is talking about a secret, systematic organ of stalking and persecution. And what I'm trying to do is to connect the dots on this as to what is driving this and who is becoming a who are the victims and who are the stalkers? Who are the subjects and who are the perpetrators? Okay, so we go back to this message that he's talking about. 
direct every resource at our disposal, every tool of intelligence, every instrument of law enforcement, every financial influence, and every necessary weapon of war at eventual defeat of terrorism. Now, at that time, they said that there was there were 19 Middle Eastern religious fanatics with box cuts, jacked four aircraft, four commercial aircraft with trained pilots, and took down two of the world's tallest skyscrapers, a third story building, high rise, destroyed four aircraft loaded with passengers, and breached the headquarters of the one military by attacking the Pentagon. Now, a lot of us understand that that was a farce, that, that there's no way that Middle Eastern fanatics could have orchestrated such a complex and vast military exercise that would destroy commercial aircraft, three high-rise modern steel-structured buildings, and breach the headquarters of the world's number one military. That was not what it appeared to be, then what was it? It was a psyop. It was a false flag. It was something that was orchestrated and to change the opinion and the paradigm of the, the United States specifically, but even the world at large. What happened, we understand that a lot of new laws came into effect that allowed the government all of this invasive eavesdropping and spying of our communiques, our email messages, our internet activity, our phone calls, our text messages, go, what we do, who we hang around with, what organizations we're connected to, what kind of advocacy, what, what is our opinions, all of these different things. Now, watching a lot of us before all before 9-11, but 9-11 was the, what I refer to as the ribbon-cutting ceremony. To, or that point at which they unleashed this, this plan, you might say the final phase, the final forward, a one world totalitarian government, a world order. And 9-11 was that threshold that was crossed at that point. It has to be done or what they're trying to do is they're trying to take out everyone in society who will not go along with their program. I need to kind of go to the religious side a little bit, to the spiritual side. And when we're talking about, we and all of us have heard this, you may not agree. You may not subscribe to what the Bible says. That's fine at this point. It's not fine, but that's something that you have to deal with. Okay? But the point is, is that we are headed toward tyrannical government, a one-world tyrannical government system that tends to enslave and mind control every person on this earth and people in society. And I like to think that I'm one of those individuals who recognize what's going on, who are calling them at their game, and who are, I will not take your mark. I will not take your, your number. I will not be a part of your system that will require me to bow and bow down and worship your Babylonian empire, your new world order, your antichrist, and your mark of the beast. I will not take that. And I know your game. And what I know your game because I know what you're trying to do. 
done doing by the use of fear and manipulation and deception and your technologies, your hideous technologies of mind control, remote neuromonitoring, voice to skull, synthetic telepathy, weather modification, mood modification, and things that you are now able to do as a result of the computer and a number of other technologies that have come on the heels of brilliant science Tesla, that you're going to use these things to control mankind and to enslave him and to take the world back to ages. You're, you're not going to do that without some people recognizing what's going on and warning other people that this is going on and that you are using these technologies to manipulate and control people each other. Okay, so let's go back to what I was talking about. What is this about? What does 9-11 have to do? Why is that significant? And what was said at that point that connects this secret persecution of individuals in society through this, this network? So going back to that, it says, will direct every resource at our disposal, every tool of intelligence, every instrument of law, every financial influence, and every necessary weapon of war to the disruption and eventual defeat of terrorism. Either you are with us or you are with the terror. Translation, if you don't go along with what we're doing, then since you are not with us, then you are against us. Not with us, then you must be a terrorist. You are a targeted individual. Now, right now, they're using technology as we speak. If you can hear that ticking in the wall there, I'm not for sure what that is. But that is something that just started here within the last week or so. I'm going to try to ignore it. If you do hear the ticking in the wall, then... Actually, I wouldn't really mind that being caught on the recording. But let me go ahead and proceed so that this doesn't get too long and, and uh, drawn out. Because like I said, this is just kind of a spur of the moment message. And I can't have a, ten a tendency to ramble on and not get to the point. Okay, so you understand what I'm saying there. I know that you do. Either you are with us or you are with the terrorists. See, this is already programming. This is already a method of mind control and manipulation Toronto, just by these very words that he's saying. Uh, for this a is intimidation with, uh, Richard and deception. Uh, he's actually doing a big Americans should expect a battle there, unlike that any actually they have ever seen. Not well. one battle, That's but a lengthy That's campaign. Wonderful. Great. I think we're just about out of time battle, here, but I want to thank you again for joining us, campaign, and um, we certainly have a lot of respect for you. And thank you, now, Keith, you and are we ready to roll here, Keith? The double speak. Thank you, everybody. Have a great in week. In his language, Thank you, George Thank Bush's you. language here, that this lengthy campaign is talking about this organized stalking you to a psychiatrist. that goes on you know, and on and on and, 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 and it's not a, it's so, not a quick. You know, what do they call it? A surgical military strike, human rights where they go in and take a person out. I mean, this is an enemy out. They target out. Believe me about it. They're over and done with it. So you know, it's a lengthy campaign. Google mind control. It's a slow kill. The most recorded crime on the internet. Silent kill. That the least is being done about. Perfect. And uh, and anybody with any ounce of because sense. there's very little evidence 
left behind other than in a lot of cases just the victim or the or the the person the target that was driven to insanity and is now institutionalized or incarcerated or is on psychotropic medications and so doped up that he's he doesn't even really even know who he is anymore a lengthy campaign these these campaigns he says but a lengthy campaign some visible Okay, other secret. So right there, he's talking about this secret persecution. We will drive terrorists. Translation. Let's translate the word terrorist. This is not about terrorists. This is about targeted individuals. This is about picking out, selecting and finding individuals in society who are, in some cases, maybe rather isolated or maybe have some indiscretions in their background or maybe they're whistleblowers or activists or dissidents things that the state does not want to deal with because these people have eyes to see and ears to hear and they're not easily controlled maybe you've been one of those persons over the course of your career where you've stood up against corruption and you had integrity not perfect by any means but you had uh, a sense of conviction and character about how you executed and performed your your trade and that you didn't want to leave behind a trail of um, of uh, broken and deceived uh, victims okay so targeted individuals we will drive terrorists translation we will drive targeted individuals from place to place until there is no refuge or rest so i go on into this this was a post i made on facebook and and i started out with that question are you in on this? And I'm specifically, at the, when I first sent this out, I'm essentially talking to the Christians, the believers, who the quote, the ones that say they believe in Jesus Christ, but yet their actions contradict what Christianity is about. There was never anything secret about anything Jesus ever did. And yet, you Christian, you think that your involvement in this secret persecution against an individual in society, whatever this person amounts to, whatever faults or weaknesses or, or, uh, opposition he presents or she presents and you think that god approves of your secret psychological stoning of a person in society you have been deceived you have been completely deceived if you think for one moment that God approves of your secret persecution of someone and your conspiracy your networking with one another to try to drive this person to the point of insanity and to suicide or to an act of aggression where they're incarcerated. 
you are sadly mistaken and you are completely deceived and so this was what i said christian or anyone else if you are being told individuals and have become part of this lengthy individuals that he and I Which are actually targeted in a campaign from where it is. Point. 
in your life Yeah. 